Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Presented by CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. There are children in Kansas City who are well into their toddler years who do not and for at least one more year will not know what it's like to watch an AFC championship game that doesn't feature the Kansas City Chiefs. You could have given me between a thousand and a billion guesses as to how exactly this game was going to go today. And I certainly don't think I could have gone line for line, bullet point by bullet point. Maybe eventually we could have gotten to 27 to 20. Maybe you could have convinced me that Chad Henney would play a drive or two. But I would have assumed and hoped that would have been at the end in the fourth quarter. Not as early in the first half as it was. But ultimately, 27-20, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags get that final three points. Sorry to all of the uh, believers against the spread. That's a rough way to lose one. But the Chiefs win this game by a touchdown and advance to their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. We don't know if it'll be in Kansas City or in Atlanta just yet. If the Bengals win tomorrow, it's at Arrowhead. If the Bills win tomorrow, it's in Atlanta. For the time being, I would like to focus on one statistic that I may or may not have mentioned a couple of times already in this show. The Chiefs are going to their fifth consecutive conference championship game. Now look, I am just as worried about Patrick Mahomes' ankle as you are for what the remainder of the playoffs could look like. Next week in the AFC Championship game, potentially two more weeks after that in the Super Bowl if the Chiefs are able to get through whoever they get through next round. I have my frustrations with moments in this game today, as I'm sure everyone does. I have a whole category of players who I thought gave you the playoff effort you could ever possibly ask for. But we cannot do anything without building out the foundation of how absolutely mind-melting it is that as my friend over at uh, KC Sports Network, Kent Swanson, tweeted out early in the game, before the injury, when Patrick Mahomes was just cooking crazy nonsense, that Michael Jordan plays for the Chiefs. It's a great line by Kent, one I thought about a lot. A line I thought about when I called this the shoe game instead of Jordan's flu game. It's not a great one, but it's the best I could come up with on short notice. Patrick Mahomes, as a starter, has never seen his season end before an AFC Championship game. In overtime. 
Pardon? He hasn't seen it end in, in regulation, I mean. I see. But he has not fallen short of the conference championship. As a starter, this is, this is the minimum of where he ends up. And that is superstar, borderline, unprecedented nonsense. And it helps, for me at least, to remember where we were watching this football team five, six, and seven years ago. I, I still think I have just about as many memories from Chiefs-Titans in the AFC Championship game as I do from them beating the Niners in the Super Bowl a couple weeks later. Because each one of those successes in Kansas City felt at least a little bit like a curse breaking. Shrugging off the ghosts of the past. Marcus Mariota and Andrew Luck and all of the shortcomings on the no punt game and Lynn Elliott. You can pick all of your all of your ghosts of Chiefs playoff past. There were plenty to pick from. They get to the AFC Championship game the first time through. Maybe find even more ghosts from that. By the way, real quick here, just a, a couple of things from uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's talking to the NBC crew. Might try to hear that later. We'll bring you all the pressers we get from uh, Arrowhead over the course of the night as well. But here, a quote from Patrick Mahomes on NBC. It's going to take a lot to keep me out of a football game. I'll be good to go. I certainly believe he'll play. I am still worried about the fact, you know, he was playing with his toe screwed up in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. We'll see what that all turns into. But that's, I'll be ready to go. Ammo Holmes confirmed himself. The x-rays on his right ankle were negative. X-rays negative. He's good to go. We'll see. It feels like a high ankle sprain. Obviously, he played through it in this game. We'll keep an eye on it. Bring you the updates we get, just like that one, over the course of the night. But they got to an AFC championship game. You have your D Ford, your Tom Brady, your Julian Edelman, all of those cursed moments. And then you have Sammy Watkins, really, to me, ends up being like the face of the AFC championship game against the Titans. Because he just like him sprinting down the sideline. Lots of great moments you could pick from. For some reason, that's what it stuck to me. And it felt like, oh man, oh, this is legitimate. This is. The Chiefs are actually allowed to go to a Super Bowl? Are we are we sure? Most of us at that point had no evidence in our lifetimes of that being something they were allowed to do. Then they win it, and we have a pretty cool parade that year. I go back that far into those games in particular because what the Chiefs just did was their own most normal thing possible. The most normal thing the Chiefs can do with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback is, at minimum, get to the AFC Championship game. That's unhinged. That's normal. And there are a lot of individual guys I want to talk about from this performance today. I want to talk specifically about what Patrick Mahomes did on that ankle. 
all the decisions that went into it. But we can't have that conversation until we all lean back in our chairs for a second, take one deep breath, let's all do it together, inhale, exhale. For half a decade, the Chiefs have demanded their birthright as members, participants, and hosts of the AFC Championship game. Even if it's in Atlanta this year, the Chiefs will be the higher seed. I'm going to count that one, but you know what it is. It is an outrageous thing to be normal. An outrageous thing to be the standard for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it is. It just is. Standard, normal, expected, Mahomes. Let's talk about him for a second. We'll start taking your calls. We'll bring in the pressers from Arrowhead. Talk to Matt Derrick later. All, all sorts of good stuff right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Post Game Show. Presented by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. I'm Joshua Briscoe, by the way. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing the effort as well. I was yelling at the TV when Patrick Mahomes didn't immediately leave the game after we all saw the limp, what the roll-up, what happened there. And then he does end up in that conversation on the sideline, shuffled off to the locker room, checked the ankle, x-rays are negative. He's back out on the field before the half on the sideline with his helmet on, but Chad Henney stays in the game. I wondered at that point, is this just... Certainly, I I didn't want them to yank Henny out of there in a drive that was working. When Chad Henny came in and cooked up a 98-yard drive, and by Chad Henny, I also mean Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy and uh, Travis Kelsey, whose name deserves to be mentioned probably more than it will be because you want to talk about normalizing goatness, if not just greatness. I'm going to come back to Kelsey momentarily. But you have Chad Henney orchestrate what he orchestrated. And again, as I was wondering at the time, is there any chance that this is just, hey, we're going to... Mahomes is back out. He looks like he's at least available with his helmet on. Don't show your hand. Make the Jags prepare for both quarterbacks at halftime. Cool. Great. Just make, keep that in their heads. They come back out. Mahomes plays. And man, I none of you listening right now need me to tell you Patrick Mahomes was not right. He was not right in that game. Handoffs were labored. The steps to the spots to get the ball to the running back was a difficulty. He uh, he he had a walk across first down that he couldn't take. He did still scramble and did still make plays, but every time it happened, I was I was watching it through gritted teeth and my fingers over my eyes. And it will be a game that, based off of the result, some really, really quality help from the defense. I will not let that go undiscussed today either. And overall, the offense doing enough, with Patrick Mahomes being the catalyst for all of it, this game went from something we would all remember as a disaster, and the first time Mahomes had been kept out of the championship game was just by an injury and an absolute catastrophe, 
to turning into a game that we will be telling our kids and grandkids and their friends all about. It's going to be, come around the fire and listen to Uncle Joshy tell you about what Patrick Mahomes did on one leg against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, by that point, if I'm retelling the story, Patrick Mahomes will have passed for 600 yards in the second half, and Travis Kelsey will have had 14 touchdowns, and I'll just hope that ESPN.com's box scores don't work that far into the future. That's how I plan on telling that story many years down the line. But, like, this is a weird person to quote. Not always my favorite dude in the game. But Mike Florio tweeted from the at Pro Football Talk account, if you don't love Patrick Mahomes after tonight, you never will. And I'm not saying that to Kansas City. That we don't need any extra help. But the rest of the football world... And certainly us here. We are not going to have been surprised by that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes play through stuff. But this game is going to be a part of the legacy for Mahomes. This was a legacy game in spite of his own limitations in it. Because he just wouldn't stop. He wouldn't leave the game He wouldn't stop scrambling. He wouldn't stop trying to make jump passes with a a broken flipper just dragging around a club like Daniel Day-Lewis. It was unbelievable. We could all have signed his cast. Everyone at Arrowhead could have found a little bit of space based on how much tape was around his ankle. This is I'm already working on telling my story in, you know, 40 years from now. But this is a game that you're going to remember, and, and I hope you're going to forget some of the painful specifics and remember how I hope you feel right now, which is that the greatest football player alive plays for your favorite football team. His ankle got bent sideways. And as soon as he had enough information of, it's not broken, I guess you can try to go. I imagine before Rick Burkholder, God bless Rick Burkholder, shout out to him for this game and the rest of this week, head trainer, VP of sports medicine for the Chiefs. I imagine Rick Burkholder didn't get the words, it's not broken, out of his mouth before Patrick Mahomes was trying to wrestle his helmet away from someone. It's not. Right, yeah. Well, it goes that it's not good. I think it's not broken. I think is when Patrick Mahomes was grabbing his own helmet by the face mask from someone else. That's my expectation. The the greatest player in the world put on a clinic of why he's the greatest for totally unexpected and unwanted reasons. Just adversity. Just sucking the oxygen out of Arrowhead. Just the worst case scenario. And then about two hours later, they punch their ticket to their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. I know I've said this a lot of shows. I'm going to start taking your calls after this. I know I've said this a lot of shows. I've said this a lot of times. I'm a broken record, and I don't regret it. 
And I'm also not just saying it to you. I'm also saying it to me. Because I get to sit here and talk about what we all saw tonight. And more than anything else, I think my responsibility is this. Both for you and for myself. Don't you ever stop remembering how unreal this is. Don't you, If you are a five-year-old listening right now going, I just don't see what the big deal is. They do this every year. Even you, kid. Get somebody older than you to tell you how wild this is. And if you remember those days as, as strongly as I imagine everyone currently listening probably does, remember what that felt like. To feel like you were rooting for the Washington Generals, the team that was out there to get dunked on, to be the foil for a more interesting story from some other team. We don't live in that world anymore. And it rules. Again, Joshua Briscoe with you. Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing the Sports Radio 810 WHP postgame show. And when Kansas City scores, you score big. You're your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 27 points. So you get 27% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman. Life is better with the feather. Let's go to the phones and open it up at the top with George. George, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. How you feeling, George? Long time no speak, sir. <laughs> George, how you doing, man? You know what? I'm very grateful to have lived through this game, and I mean <laughs> lived through this game. Uh, shortly, Chad Henning deserves a game ball. Yes. No question. Butker deserves an actual game ball for throwing his head in the way of the runner. Yes, huge. Uh, huge. Um, it's nice, again, that special teams for once did not play an issue on the Chiefs, side mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, I would very much like to think back to last year's divisional playoffs, where all four games were nail-biters down to the wire. Mm. People don't, may not remember that. And uh, this year, at least we have a clear two minutes to go. We know where the game was going. Mm. And I'm very happy for that, that I can at least breathe a little bit until tomorrow night. When <laughs> When, when the Doink brothers may come back yes. to haunt us. Oh, that's why I didn't call you last week. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the Cowboys taking some of the uh, the special teams bad juju of the, of the moment. Oh, my gosh, Josh. Sir, you have a wonderful wife-to-be who can put up with you for this next two weeks. She's going to have to deal with you going sky high and <laughs> bottom low because you're going to be in the, the ethersphere grateful that the Chiefs are back into the playoff game yes. and then and all the anxiety about Mahomes. Yes, absolutely. So I, I treasure the fact that you and she will, will spend wonderful hours sweating it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know, sir. It's... Uh, I think CBD is going to get a lot of relaxation time out of this week. I'm telling you, man, they they are the perfect sponsor for the show because uh, I feel like everybody could use them. George, I appreciate you very much, my friend. Talk to you next week. Good luck. Uh, good luck tomorrow. 
It is going to be a very anxious week of waiting for updates on Patrick Mahomes. And also from the podium here today, looks like we're going to get both quarterbacks uh, in addition to Andy Reid. That's obviously, of course, Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney, Travis Kelsey, Nick Bolton. Uh, expecting to hear from them over the course of the uh, of the show here today. But, but until we uh, get them live, we'll keep hitting the phones. And up next, we got Ryan. Whoop, hold on. There we go, Ryan. You're on 810. What's up, man? How you feeling? Hey, my local uh, CBD American shaman is Alan. I love talking to Alan up here in St. Joseph. He's a great guy. Uh, Shout out CBD American shaman. They've been a a, a wonderful partner. I have to. I'm a wonderful uh, caller as well. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? uh, But no, uh, in all honesty, um, total team win today. Yep. Total team win. Um, Amazing. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the defense is better than what people give them. I agree. Uh, newest jersey I bought was Nick Bolton. Why? Because I don't just pick like guys that aren't good. Like that. I mean, I, he's a stud. Um, almost had an interception at the beginning of the game. He's always in it around the play. The whole defense does really well. Jillian, uh, Jillian Watson today. Um, just like yeah, all the rookies, like uh, McDuffie. Uh, w- w- we're still growing on that backside, but still, it's fun in the playoffs because how else are we going to learn? I mean, like, this is uh, where we go. And Mahomes just showed why, I mean, like, he's a warrior. Like, you said we had Michael Jordan in town. Yes, we do. And until people start respecting that, I mean, I, 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 I love being the underdog always, but, like, people just forget about his greatness. Yep. And him coming back out, now nah, I Tramadol or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toradol, yeah. They shot him up. Yeah. Toradol. I don't if – if that's what he wants – you know what? He, he loves Kansas City. He wanted to play. Henny did great. The whole team did great. Pacheco, I, I'm still saying run the ball. Dude is electric, the, man. Dude, dude, just he wants to – I don't mean anything like, like – he wants to kill everybody in front of him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean that really, you know, you know, literally. But no, like, he doesn't. He doesn't. He seems like a very lighthearted, just uh, free feeling person until he has a football, and then he's he's McKinnon he's too. a video game McKinnon, character. And McKinnon too. I mean, yes. like, I just I love our running game. And today, when we had to rely on it the most, I mean, are you kidding me? We had Henny in that playing, playing an amazing 97, 98 yard drive. I mean, we did it as a team. Yep. And like, look at our offensive line as well. And then the defense today, I mean, Trevor Lawrence and them, they are a good team. Doug Peterson, underneath, I mean, every coach that comes underneath Andy Reid, great coach. Mm. I mean, usually a good coach. Um, he, he has a Super Bowl. Yep. There's just as many as Andy Reid. Yep. So here's the thing. We've got Patrick Mahomes. You always talk about it. Um, we have a defense now, believe it or not, whether it was, uh, the pundits want to say it or not. But uh, – I, I'm going for. I want Bengals. I want them now. I want to beat another cat, and I want to beat them down bad. And the NFL cats. I don't like cats. NFL cats. But I want to beat down the Bengals bad. And I'm telling you, I want Joe Burrow. And I and, and hopefully that's what we get. Um, everything else, it just enjoy what we have now. Somebody said something earlier. Like my 13 year old thinks this is just what we get. Yep. No, 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 no. <laughs> But thank you guys so much. I want more people on here and just celebrating the win because uh, it helps the community out. And this is this is just fun every day now. You know what I mean? We get one more week of this, and every week could be the last one. So uh, we got Mahomes, Kelsey, and everybody else. So thanks, man.
Ryan, you're the best. Appreciate you, man. Uh, you mentioned Kelsey one more time. I, I wanted to men- just say this out loud. That Travis Kelsey today on 35 targets for the Chiefs. 35 passes, counting as targets total from the 37 attempts from Mahomes and uh, Henny combined. Travis Kelsey had 17 targets, 14 receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Unfathomable. Uh, unfathomable. Dude is unreal. And he's the second like most outrageous generational talent on this team because the guy throwing him the football might end up being the greatest football player of all time. Don't overlook Travis Kelsey either. Dude's an alien. Uh, next up, we got Gary. Gary, you're on 810. How you feeling, man? Pretty good, Josh. How you doing? I'm good, man. Well, after watching the game tonight, I think Patrick Mahomes has got to be one of the toughest SOBs to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah. to, to come, up, I thought he was going to take a swing at Burkholder there on the sidelines. <laughs> go back in there. And uh, I'll tell you what, and uh, if, if I'm Orlando Brown, yeah, I want him when he comes in to sit, wonder why he's not getting the money he's getting. I just put on that one play over and over again where Arden Key just kicked his tail on it. Yeah, and I would I would make him watch that and I say this is why you're not getting the money you're getting. And the defense, let's just say it, they they bent but they didn't break tonight. They weren't spectacular. Right. They right. they didn't do anything special. But I'm hoping Lajarius needs okay because. To say that's a huge loss is an understatement. He, he actually he came back and he walked off and ended up back in briefly at the end of the game, which is huge okay, news. Huge, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Good. And uh, like I said, let's let's just hope that Mahomes. Let's hope for the best with this with mm-hmm. Mahomes, and let's move on to next weekend. To the guy before that wants Cincinnati, I, I kind of would love another shot at them, but I'm going to leave you with one stat though before I go, Josh. Okay. And this is something we probably thought neither one of us thought we'd ever say. Derek Nottie has more playoff sacks than Chris Jones. I'll hang up and listen. Great show. You mother bleeper, Gary. You won't hang up. I hung up on you first. I hung up on Gary before he could hang up out of principle. Yeah, Derek Nottie had to play. Look, man, Chris Jones was affecting the pocket like all night. And I, but look, I'll admit it, man. I want him to have a sack so bad in the playoffs so I can stop having to have that very specific conversation. But with that notwithstanding, Great call, Gary. Appreciate you. Uh, next up, we go to Nick. Nick, you're on Sports Radio 810. I'm on. Hey, what's up, Nick? Hey, you know, I got two positives and one negative. I just want to say that Frank Clark is a dog in the playoffs. He, he does is. everything. He always gets a sack. Yeah. And number two, Kelsey. Kelsey is him. Yes. <laughs> He's climbing those boards on yards and touchdowns. He's about to be number two all time, maybe behind Jerry Rice. We'll go with that. But number three, the negative, third and short. I'm very sketched out about that. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't convert twice on third and one, mm-hmm. and it could have cost us. Could have cost us the game if we play the Bills or Bengals. Shoot, we got to convert third and one, and we have to convert those. Yep. I don't know, but if we don't convert those next week. We could be toast. We got to. Just wanted to keep me sneak, Andy. <laughs> not today, though, Nick. I mean, not today. I appreciate the call. Thank you, man, for listening. I uh, Today wouldn't have been the day to do the sneak. And they tried the sneak with Noah Gray, and it didn't work. And then they tried just doing the thing everyone wanted the first time and handing it off to Isaiah Pacheco, and then that gets stuffed. 
the line just lost on those, and you know it was it was relatively kind of up the middle stuff. But you see those little you know the sprint out play that Chad Henney to Tyreek Hill against the Browns that today was Chad Henney to uh, actually can't remember who it was, but um, whoever it was on the sprint out there that might have been Tony. Regardless, though, it was. Though there are times when there's like a play the Chiefs have that just seems unguardable. I I am always left frustrated by uh, how difficult it always seems to be to convert third and short. I definitely think that's fair. Travis Kelsey being him is almost not a strong enough piece of praise. Uh, I'll I'll give you that at the very least, though. Um, and also, again, as we've talked about some, I think the spotlight on the defense, like Gary said, they bent and didn't break today. You'll take that. Not always super consistent, but man, I, I feel like I've been bullish on these young corners for a, a minute now. And I feel so good about where that group is at. Legereus Sneed is a dog. Jalen Watson's a seventh-round pick who has not played like one. And yeah, man, I know. These dudes get a hand to the face called every once in a while. They're trying to jam at the line, and sometimes you shoot high. That doesn't really bother me in the grand scope of things. But man, you get guys making plays in moments like this one. The Spags blitz at the end, again, for the pick that locks it up that Watson picks off. Just, just tremendous. A tremendous effort from all across the field. Uh, and I, I imagine Butch will have something to say about it as well. Butch, you're on 810. What's up, man? Gentlemen, how about those Kansas City Chiefs? How about them, Butch? Oh, my goodness gracious. This is an all-time win. This is an all-time win. I... It's hard to put into words, JB. We've seen so much great football, right? You think about all the great games that you've seen from the Chiefs, not just in this recent game, recent history. Chiefs history. To come out here in a game at home and lose the one piece of your team that you cannot lose for almost a quarter and to have the type of response that they had speaks to the type of organizational trust and structure mm. that NFL teams crave. They dream for this. They dream to have a backup quarterback that they keep on their roster that's good enough to do what Chad Henney did. They dream about being able to have coaches that understand what they are going to invest in. We are going to invest in our defensive line. We are going to put as much investment at the corner spot. We're going to do just enough to where we can have rookies come out and be able to compete against NFL veteran-wide receivers, and hold them to two touchdowns. Mm. And then you lose the guy. He goes down, looking great before he goes down, comes back after he gets hurt, 12 for 18, 118 yards and a touchdown. I can't, almost can't believe it. I'll say this much before I get off the line. God, I wasn't nervous. I mean, I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't nervous, nervous. Because... Because I'll be, we talked about it, and this is word to my, to my man, God rest his soul. When we talk about not having a knot over my dead body game, you're this so was right. it. Therese Paler was absolutely right. We saw it in the flesh. You think you're off the hook, NFL? You think that because this guy's playing on one leg <laughs> that you're not going to see him in the Super Bowl? You didn't kill him. Now you have to pay for it. Savor the flavor, baby. Butch, I appreciate you, man. You're so right. Therese was the one who talked the most about it. Kind of, I think he gets credit rightfully for coining the term specifically in regards to Patrick Mahomes, an over-my-dead-body game. And this was an over-my-bum-ankle game 
this was an on-one-leg game. It was a master class from Patrick Mahomes. The defense that did enough and then some, because it wasn't just enough with the offense humming. Two drives into this game, this thing was looking like a blowout. But the defense stepped up when they needed to. Isaiah Pacheco gave you big moments, big plays, and consistency. Travis Kelsey just needs to figure out what haircut he's going to have on his bust in Canton. That's pretty much the last thing that he needs to figure out. And you got what you needed from coaching staffs on both sides of the football. Not you, special team. You got what you needed from offense and defense. And hey, the kicking game was, was good. That was all successful. So I'll give him that credit for sure. But you just got what you needed at every level. Where it is both a story of the organization and the team being ready for a moment that felt like a disaster like this one and rising in that moment. And it's a story about Patrick Mahomes. Without a team effort, he's not there to make those plays. Without Patrick Mahomes, those efforts probably don't matter. Tremendous football game. And Travis Kelsey was on NBC shortly after the game on the field with Tra- with uh, it was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey together on the field. Uh, here's what we got from them right after the game. I can't say enough about Chad Henney stepping up and doing his thing. This ball goes to Chad Henney right here. Anything's possible, baby. Patrick's over here saying, yes, sir. What do you want to say about Chad Henney? Yeah, Chad Henney, man, he's been in the building every single day. He's made me such a better, uh, so much of a better quarterback in the way he teaches me. And uh, just the most ready-to-go-at-all-times quarterback, man. And uh, it's a special type of guy. And he stepped up and drove 98 yards, touchdown, and which ended up being a difference in the game. It really did. If the offense sputters there, certainly if they turn the ball over and it's going the other way, the Chiefs might be going home right now. Instead... A fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. We need to take a timeout. We'll come back and start hearing pressers from Arrowhead. I know we got a full phone board right now, trying to keep the pace up and get you everything all night here. Uh, recapping, yes, another ticket punched to the title game in the AFC for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll keep talking about it right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. This is the Sports Radio 810 WHB post game show presented by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Pointing out his protections, McKinnon in motion, shotgun snap, quick throw, goal line, caught, spinning, touchdown, Kelsey. One yard touchdown run. Kelsey, his second touchdown catch today. And the Chiefs extend their lead before halftime. That was sweet, and it's Andy's sweet play of the game brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete to help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running in Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. A lot of things weren't perfect today. A lot of things went pretty well, all things considered. And the Chiefs are victorious, heading back to their fifth straight AFC Championship game, a completely mind-melding, melting, and perhaps melding statistic. We all just have a hive mind now of, wait a second, what, 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 what? Little John at halftime? What? 
Excited about the fact that we get to hear from Frank Clark. You may remember one of his postseason moments of note uh, was a uh, postgame interview with James Palmer of the NFL Network. Well, good news. James is back, and so is Frank Clark. Here's Frank Clark, including a cameo from Chris Jones, maybe a couple others as well, uh, on NFL Network immediately after the game. Frank, I know you're on the other side of the ball, but I got to ask you, when, when 15 goes down... When 15 goes down, that's likely the MVP of the league. What's going on on the sideline when you see him go to the locker room? What What are you all thinking? I mean, the obvious. I mean, our leader, um, Pat, you know, he's down. Last time we had seen that was Denver Broncos about two years ago when the whole stadium in Denver went quiet. And, um, you know, you don't want to see that for no quarterback, for no player, especially, you know, how sensitive the league has been on these type of things, you know. Um, Pat going down, you know, you don't want to see guys get hurt. You want to see guys compete at a high level but never get hurt. And um, so, you know, it touched us all. You know, we want the best for them. You know, we want them healthy as possible out there so they can help us win. And, um, you know, just knowing when we got back to the locker room, we could check on them. We knew everything was going to be all right. It wasn't as serious as, you know, we initially thought. Man, that's the best feeling we can have in the world right there, just knowing our teammate is healthy. And then Jacksonville makes it 17-20, to 20, and Pat comes down and throws a touchdown on one leg. What do you describe your quarterback in terms of toughness? Man, it's – um. You see, it's called grit, you know what I mean? It's called grit. You know, it's his determination to want to win no matter what the circumstances are. You know, and um, he continues to show that. For years he showed that. And, um, you know, I wouldn't want no other quarterback. I said it before, I'm going to continue to say it, and I'll die by it. And I wouldn't want no other quarterback leading my team and leading this locker room. Sack Nation, two of you guys talking. This is what you guys want to do in the postseason up front. You get a sack, two tackles for loss. What is clicking up front when both of you guys are healthy and playing well? Uh, man, we're running the show. Uh, we spoke about it before. You know, when you get to the time of the year, you know who, you know, at the end of the day, who these guys fear, who these guys are going to look at, and they're going to look at and be like, man, these guys are coming, you know, day in and day out. We put it down, though. We put the work in. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come to us, um, you know, 10 times fold. You know, looking forward to the week ahead. Um, got a different challenge and, you know, short-term memory. Like I always say, you know, got to wash this one away and get ready for our opponent next week. So then real quick, who do you want to win tomorrow? Because if Cincinnati wins, you're playing the AFC Championship game here in Kansas City. I don't really give a damn. Bring them all. Frank Clark is just better in the playoffs, not just on the field, but also, I mean, he he rises to the moment. I'm not, I'm not trying to take a shot. I'm saying, like, he exceeds every previous expectation in the playoffs. Postseason player. Uh, we're going to go out to Arrowhead from the uh, to the pressers from the podium here pretty shortly. So I would love to everybody on the phones right now. You're listening to me. If we can make these pretty bang bang bang, we can clear out this whole phone board. Get you all in and out of here before we end up going to the pressers. Then after we go to pressers, we're probably going to be there for a decent chunk of time. So if you call in and could end up being on a long hold watch, but if we can look out for each other, we can get through the phones before we go back out to Arrowhead. And we started off right now with Dan. Dan, you're on Sports Radio 810. How you feeling, Dan? I feel great, Joshua. How about that game by Mahomes? Oh, well, well, one leg. How about that pulling it out like death? And uh, how about Chad Henney taking out 98 yards? Uh, and with the, that, that really changed the game. And I'll tell you something, that jump pass to uh, Scantling in the end of a one leg uh, kind of remind me of uh, Willis Reed. Remember Willis Reed in mm. Game 7 of 1930? against the Lakers, and uh, how about Butker saving the touchdown to uh, Agnew? That's the only thing that she's got to work out. It's the special team, so let's, let's go Bengals. I want some revenge on the Bengals, but let's go. Take care of the Bills. Let's go. Take care, Joshua. 
Dan, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Uh, when we say Jordan Flugame, Willis Reed, Kirk Gibson, we have those from sports history. I'm not kidding. Patrick Mahomes is building those moments now for what we're going to talk about 20 years in the future. How cool is that? We're watching history and also really damn good football. Next up, we got Paul. Paul, you're on 810. What's up, Paul? Hey, real quick. Uh, that tactical change when the Mahomes went down, the offensive line, I think those guys did a magnificent job. And the offensive line coach uh, making those changes because they know they got a different personnel back there. But also, I want to give kudos behind the scenes, the training squad, the medical people. Yes, yes. They got, no, they got one five back there. Well, let's not forget those people back there that do the urgency to balance the medical sheet, but get that, that player back on the field. So, uh, total kudos to the top organization, and uh, I'll make it quick. Great win tonight, guys. Paul, great call by you as well. A great point that, yes, it, it, think about the, the rock and the hard place you're between there for that training staff. Hey, they, they want the quarterback back out as quickly as possible, and also... You cannot send him back out there, re-inj- risk re-injury, and all of a sudden now where are you in terms of uh, what the future of the franchise looks like if your quarterback is in anything less than absolutely pristine health. Great point. Next up, we go to Sean. Sean, you're on 810. What's up, Sean? Hey, I wanted to make a point now. I'm pretty superstitious. Okay. Uh, so I've, ha- I've been holding on to this for a little bit. So we're clearly playing AFC title game. We're playing the Bengals or the Bills. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mistake for them to bring DeMar Hamlin out before that game, personally, because I think the emotional toll it's going to take on every single person on that field, I don't think either of those teams can win the next game that they play. Hmm. I, Interesting. I, personally. Yeah. I, just, I just think it's too much. I know it's kind of a sore subject to talk about, but now that we're here and we're there, I feel okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I just I think witnessing a guy – Witnessing what happened to Demar Hamlin yeah. from every single person on that field, I just I think that that game is going to take so much out of both of those teams, especially if they do what they have planned. What seems like they're planning on doing is bringing Demar Hamlin out and making some sort of a show out of it. Mm-hmm. And I get it, but I think it's a mistake. On on I, the Bengals can't do anything, but I, I just I think it's a mistake. And both those teams are going to be emotionally drained. They're not going to be able to get up to play the big bad Chiefs. And even if they are, it's going to be for a quarter. Before they're emo- like I, emotionally, I don't think that either of those teams are going to be able to bring it next week. And with that, I will listen off air and like to hear your your thoughts on it. Now that somebody can talk about it, Shane, uh, Sean, excuse me, Sean, I called you Shane is a real that's a real curse word around here, Ooh, almost literally. Sorry, oh, yeah, no, sorry, not. Sorry about that, Sean. Never again. Never again, Sean. Thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting just to see how that all plays out tomorrow because, I mean, there is no question at all. It's going to be an incredibly emotional game and an incredibly emotional moment. Even just those two teams facing off again, I, I have no idea how that is going to spark them or be a real, you know, I don't know if it'll kind of take you back to that moment a little bit um, where no one wanted to be playing football because of the thing they had all just seen. Maybe it'll it'll feel like a real um, standard-bearing kind of moment for resiliency and, and the incredible parts of Hamlin's story. Maybe it'll be kind of a jarring reminder of, of how that game ended on that Monday night between those two teams. I, I really don't know. It's an interesting thought, Sean, and I'll, I'll keep it in mind uh, going into that game tomorrow because, again, regardless, emotions for, cheap, for uh, Bills Bengals will be sky high. And then I'm sure that will continue regardless of who it is that advances to take on the Chiefs. Next up, we got Rodney. Rodney, you're on 810. What's up, man? Hey, um, I want to make this real quick. At the beginning of the season, 
during the preseason. Steve Spagnuolo sat there and said he had to throw his rookie defense into the fire. Mm-hmm. I think they came back and he's enjoying that fire. He's sitting there roasting and let watch these young guys make play. I know he's going first thing he's going to say he made a mistake by letting George Colossus go off on a cover against mm-hmm. a wide receiver. I know he's going to bite that. Yep. But good guys, his his rookies that he have on that field is making a great, great play. I go, I'm going to put in good, good kudos to every single rookie that go on that defense. That's all, that's all I want to say. Rodney, great point. Appreciate that very much because I think you're 100% right. And that was that was the hope at the beginning of the year, right? Hey, it's all rookies and the the Ben Neiman, Dan Sorens, and even Tyron Matthew. Those a lot of the guys, the veterans in this group, aren't here anymore. Reboot it with these rookies, and now here we are, paying off in the playoffs. It's an awesome story and a, a great timeline for that group. Next up, we got Carl. Carl, you're on eight ten. How you doing, man? Reboot it with these rookies, and now here we are. This is Carl. Yeah, hey Carl, what's up? What you thinking? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, good. Hey, how are you? A couple things. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there and say that uh, Jamar Hamlin, shout out. He, he's, you know, he's been an inspiration to all the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so anyone who says otherwise, inspirational, they're using it for some kind of type of motivational tool. He has made himself a momentum for the NFL. Secondly, when are we going to go ahead and get ourselves a Chase Daniel? Because we can't keep riding on Patrick Mahomes every play, every down, Every single second of the season, we saw it tonight when he got hurt. Chad Henney, he's great. He's serviceable. But when are we gonna? When are we gonna be able to lean on a real backup quarterback like a Chase Daniel? Can you answer me that? I don't know that I can, Carl. I appreciate your call, but uh, I think Chad Henney pretty much aced the assignment tonight, and I think he's uh, going to be at the podium, in fact, momentarily. Uh, so, do we have time to squeeze uh, Evan in here real quick, Beards? You think, Evan? I'm going to go ahead and try to squeeze you in real fast to sneak in before Chad Henney. Never mind. Sorry, Evan. You stay right there. Chad Henney, live from Arrowhead. I don't know if it's just like riding a bike, but you're always prepared. And I think uh, with this offense, obviously all our weapons that we have and staying prepared each and every moment, I think uh, you just stay ready. And when your number's called, you just go in there and do what you did in practice in the meeting rooms and you just take it to the game. What do you think? If you get started at the two-yard line, if they don't even cut you a break, what are your thoughts at that point? Yeah, I mean, they did a great job. I mean, changing field position just like we did. And uh, I think at that point, it's just take what they give you. Uh, you know, just a couple of the first uh, play was a stick, uh, hit Kelsey and kind of got us going. Then we had a nice run and, you know, you get in a little rhythm and you kind of keep the pressure on. And, you know, the, the biggest thing was just rely on your preparation just like you do in practice. Does that mean that you weren't exactly nervous? I mean, you're kind of thrust into a situation. How do you make that part of it work? Well, I mean, definitely nerves are high. Uh, you know, two years ago when I did it, the same thing. But once you get on in the end of the game and you kind of get going, it's just like repetition. And it's not like I've never done it before. I played in enough games, but uh, when the opportunity is called upon, I feel like I'm ready. A little bit, uh, but obviously it's just one play at a time. I mean, concentrate the most, uh, the best you can, and uh, you know, just do what you do. Just a quick rollout, right, and hit the flat. No, it, it was one of the plays that was in our third and two to four group, and it was ranked high for me. But um, that's what's great about this uh, organization and Coach Reed and EB and Nagy. It's just you're, when your plays are ranked, they, they believe in that. They believe what you believe in, and you feel very comfortable when the, the play does come in and to execute it.
Yeah, Patrick yeah. talked about Patrick talked about that you don't get the the reps during uh, the, the practice and the week, running week because it's playoffs. How, much, how important are those mental reps? Uh, for you. Yeah, I mean, mental reps are big. I mean, Shane and I and Chris are always in the back. Uh, when Patrick is up there on offense, we're in the back doing the drops, doing our, uh, you know, run reads as well. So we're always in the back doing mental reps. But at the same time, after practice, we get with a couple of receivers and we throw with them. Not that they're the starters, but we kind of get those reps that Patrick got in practice that we'll get in after after practice. How much did you feel you, you settled in after that initial drive to start the drive? Yeah, I, I mean... It, it was a good completion to get going. I don't think you ever really just like settle in just on one play, but you feel the rhythm. You kind of get that first first down, and uh, you just go with the flow. And I think all the plays that were coming in, I felt confident in, and that, that's due to our coaching staff as well. You know, just believing in what I believe in as well, and uh, we're all on the same page. How did you cut the tension? How did you kind of you know break the nervousness in your mind? Yeah, I, I don't think it was jokes. I think it's just being confident. I think uh, looking the guys in the eye, uh, you know, exemplifying some of the, the words in the offense that we, that we do and just uh, really just get their attention and knowing that you believe in them as well as them, them believing in me. So I think just giving them confidence that I know what I'm doing and, uh, you know, it's just not a one-man show. I mean, there's a lot of guy, great guys on our offense uh, that really stepped up and helped, helped my job uh, a lot tonight. Yeah, I think he was just telling me what I tell him. Take what they give you. And I think uh, re rely back on your fundamentals. And we, we tell each other that all the time. And uh, he was great uh, being there, encouraging, and just on the sideline just like I would be. So uh, I always appreciate him. He, he's just uh, the ultimate competitor and teammate. And I, I couldn't thank him enough. Jeff, what was your awareness of like what was going on with him that he went back to the extra <coughs> just kind of focused on everything else that was happening for you? Yeah, I mean, it was going back and forth, obviously, whether he's going to play or not. And uh, obviously, Patrick wanted to play, and Coach Reed just wanted to just get it checked out just to make sure it wasn't you know, anything really severe. Um, but the competitor that Patrick is, he keeps fighting. So I just knew at that point in time, I just need to be ready. I need to warm up. And if they're going with me, I'm ready. And if not, Patrick's in. Last two. Hey, Chad, even as a veteran, I mean, thinking back to the divisional game and then this, this time, for Andy to have the confidence to call a pass play on the first snap when you come in what does that help you does that instill confidence in you yeah absolutely and I think that's why he's such a great coach I mean any quarterback that comes in the system seems to have success and he believes in the guys that are on his team and um, you know he had the confidence in me to throw the pass obviously but at the same time it's we're not changing the offense we're going to go out there and try to execute to the best of our ability and move the ball so that, that's our jobs as players Last one. Coach Reed said that the whole team just yeah, I mean, ever since I got here in 2018, uh, this is one of the best organizations I've ever been a part of. I mean, it's a true team feeling. Uh, everybody supports one another. There's never a guy out there that's just above anybody else. We put our egos at the side. Everybody's humble. Everybody gives the credit when it's due, and that's what makes it such great. And it comes from the top down. You know, Clark you know, to everybody, to Coach Reed. It's just unbelievable uh, organization that we run here, and I, I couldn't be happier that I'm here. Great, thank you. Thanks, guys. 
There's Chad Henney came in and had a 98-yard touchdown drive in a moment the Chiefs desperately needed something to go ahead and stabilize where they're at. I think Nick Bolton might actually be up next at the podium, so we'll hear from him and then still expecting to hear Travis Kelsey um, and then, of course, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later in the show. Plus, sounds like we can hear from MVS Creed and Justin Reed from the locker room, but here is Nick Bolton live from Arrowhead. Oh man, it's a whole bunch of Chiefs players, man. So it wasn't as bad as some of them have been in the past. Uh, had a couple guys around me, man. Productions at the football. I think with me, Willie, Juan, uh, uh, LJ, it was like four or five of us down there. So uh, we got those numbers and production at the ball. Good things are uh, bound to happen. Who got uh, LJ's nose down there? That friendly fire? Yeah, man, LJ's been on me. I think I got to got him twice today. Uh, <laughs> I think I got him, got him two good licks, though. But, man, yeah, I mean, LJ, man, he's always running the football uh, like myself, especially when he's playing nickel, man. And, um, again, he's a hell of a football player. What did you see on that play? It looked like he fumbled it before he got hit. Were you concerned at all they would say he didn't catch it? Uh, not really, because I, I kind of saw him. He uh, he caught the ball and he kind of lost it, trying to make a move, and uh, kind of cut back against LJ. And so I kind of knew the ball was kind of fumble, and I just had to get on it. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, you know you got up up your level of play, man. Especially with a player of his caliber, man. Best quarterback in the NFL. So uh, when he goes down, uh, we got upper level of play, and I uh, try to give the op- offense uh, many opportunities as possible uh, down the stretch. And uh, I feel like on defense, uh, we did a hell of a job uh, winning key situations and unfortunate field goals when we needed to. What's some of the takeaways from mm-hmm. today? Oh, man, I feel like our, our corners uh, and, our, and our DBs, man, we competed, man. Uh, on the outside especially, uh, we challenged those guys to the line of scrimmage and, uh, and, and forced them uh, to kind of hold the ball in our front and got there. Uh, if, even if we didn't get sacks, we got pressure um, and got knocked them on the ground a little bit. So uh, that was good for us. Um, I, I know fight, uh, past the fighter. Uh, we all saw it today. Uh, I know uh, he's going to give us everything he has. And, um, if he can't go, he can't go. And um, again, it's another game for us. We've got upper level of play. Uh, we got a whole week. Uh, to, got a couple of days off. And um, I know he'll be on top of the treatment. And, um, he'll be ready to go. Yeah, we really didn't know. Uh, after Chad came in, we were on the assumption that Chad was going to uh, play the rest of the game. And um, we really didn't know until he came back out there, man. But again, he's a fighter, man. And, um, and we see him do it every week. Um, he comes out there and gives us his best and gives us his all, and that's all you can ask for. You mentioned this great game with uh, you guys forced a couple turnovers. Uh, mm-hmm. After struggling to get some turnovers earlier in the year, anything you put your finger on? Oh, man, uh, we kind of focused on it uh, throughout the week, uh, especially in the week we had off, uh, kind of focused on, on maybe punching the ball a little bit more or, or high-pointing the ball or just catching the ones that he gives us. Uh, I dropped one early, um, but it's, it's one of those things you just kind of just got to keep going on. And, um, and playoffs, we understand that they count uh, times, too, when you get them. Nick, you mentioned the level of urgency from a little bit when Pat goes down. Mm-hmm. What are some of the conversations like uh, amongst the yeah, I mean, we always talk about winning first down. No, I, don't, I don't think we weren't won first down a lot uh, in the first quarter. So uh, we kind of just want to win first down, kind of get them in second and longs and um, third and longs and, and let our D-line uh, do the work in our corners press. Nick, Nick, Nick uh, Trevor kind of, you know, questioned Chiefs Kingdom and the, and the crowd noise. Uh, how do you feel like Chiefs Kingdom did this today? Oh, man, we were loud, man. I felt we can get a little bit louder, though. Yeah, we are loud. I know, you know, you won a playoff game every year in the NFL, but for mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap, 13 years, he finally got that playoff win. 
Actually, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I know he has won a championship because uh, he talked about it uh, when we first got here. I uh, won the opportunity to win a championship. And um, again, man, that guy comes in every single day and works, man. It's year 13 for him, but treats like it's his first. I'm always learning, always asking questions, and always trying to uh, figure out how to make our defense better. Um, he's been a, a, a vivid part in our D-line room, especially on our defense. A couple more. You, you came pretty close. It looked like to an interception yourself. There. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you kind of see on that play? What was kind of going through your mind? Oh, man, uh, I knew we had a pressure, and I knew the ball had to come out quick, and I think uh, he made a pump fake with Willie uh, the first time and then just kept going. I was throwing the ball across his shoulder, and um, I saw the dude come across my face, and I just tried to plaster um, in, in coverage, and uh, I dropped it, though. So nothing really matters if you drop it. Last one. There's Nick Bolton live from Arrowhead, and it sounds like Travis Kelsey's hovering right behind him. So we expect to be hearing from Kelsey momentarily right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I'm Joshua Briscoe with Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Here is Travis Kelsey from Arrowhead. I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna look over, you know, how great of a quarterback pad is and what he means to this team but uh, if anybody goes down it's next man in if I go down it's next man in you know it's just the mentality that you got to have especially in a playoff game like this you can't miss a beat and um, we know that if it's up to Pat he's going to be in there and I'm sure uh, he has some words with everyone on the sideline wanting to get back in there as, as fast as possible but uh, we had a veteran guy Chad Henney stepping up to the plate yet again in the playoffs um, playoff Chad baby we keep finding ways to win with him at QB Andy Reid mentioned You just you have a veteran mind, a veteran QB, a uh, guy you can bounce things off of. I know I've learned a lot just from uh, talking to Chad about the things that he likes to see, or uh, you know, it's just a different style of quarterback. So you always want to kind of be on the same page with everybody in that room. And um, you know, Chad's been nothing but the best quarterback he can be throughout it all. And what I mean by that is every single day he's preparing as if he's the starting quarterback, as if he's one snap away. And uh, sure enough, you saw that today. I mean, to be able to come into a hostile game, backed up on your two-yard line and go 98 yards uh, on your first drive, man, that just shows the type of competitor he is and how the guys rallied around him because of how much leadership he has. Travis, I know that you are uh, the other state's going to understand. You've played for the last five, this will be your fifth ACC championship game. Knowing how it's season in the last year, what is the motivation and what do you have to do to finish the you just have to be uh, appreciative of being in the situation. We get to play football for another week. I'm not looking past that. I'm not looking, you know, down the line. I'm trying to figure out how I can how I can make my team better or how I can make myself better for my team um, throughout this week. And it's going to be every single day attacking what I need to attack. And the first couple of things is recovery. And from there, it's just finding out the game plan, who we're playing, and uh, how we're going to attack them. And um, Everybody's locked in right now. I think if you looked at that team out there, you saw everybody communicating uh, very well, uh, coach team on all three phases. And when we play like that, we give ourselves a really good chance of winning. What will you be most pleased with about the 98 yard? What will jump out to you I mean, I can already appreciate it for what it is. I don't have to go any further in life to really, you know, have have appreciation for that drive. There were a, a, a bunch of third downs that we needed to, you know, dig deep and find a way to get the first down. And sure enough, 
uh, Chad was out there leading us the entire way. Travis, you, uh, you already said how much you appreciate Chad and what he did. When he comes back in the game and you don't really know what's going on with Patrick, do you have in your mind that he's your guy for the rest of the thing? And what kind of you know, excitement or whatever did you get when Patrick was back in there? Um, You've you got to take the game play-by-play, series-by-series. Uh, and it's not necessarily getting excited. It's just having the attention to detail and the... Uh, the alertness, uh, if that's even a word, or the, I'm trying to find the right words here. Um, you just have to be locked in and have the sense of urgency no matter who's in the game. And, um, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's a different feeling when one five's in there, um, a guy that can make anything happen, uh, even on one ankle or whatever happened to him today. And, uh, you know, that's just the mentality. You always have to be able to lock in and, and take it play by play and uh, drive by drive and not, not let the emotions of the game get the best of you. Nah, I wasn't around. I wasn't around. Travis, you mentioned the word attacking. 17 targets today. How much of that was by design against a specific opponent? Did you see something from over that couple of weeks? It's, uh, it's really all just predicated off, uh, off of what goes on out there and, um, and how the defense reacts to what we're doing. I think it was just uh, I, got, I was fortunate enough to be able to make those plays and have the, uh, have the pride to be able to make those plays every single day for this team, man. And I, uh, I, I take a lot on on myself to be able to make those uh, plays week in, week out, especially when we need it the most, man. Last two. Uh, Travis, Andy Reid said every time he's at the podium, it seems you've broken another record. And I know you don't care much about individual records, but just how does it feel to have you know a really big game tonight to help your team win and move on? Feels really good to have Andy Reid as my coach calling plays for me. <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> Travis, I know uh, nobody in the locker room doubts Patrick Mahomes' toughness and competitive fire, but the fourth quarter today, did he show you guys a different level even in the past? I mean, uh, we've been through a lot of ups and downs in this team, especially since I've been here. Uh, I think I've seen all the grit out of that guy I need to see to know that he's going to, you know, do anything he can to help us win, the, win that game. And sure enough, you saw it today. Uh, Nothing is ever surprising. It's always just, uh, you know, appreciated, very much appreciated. Have a good one, guys. There's Travis Kelsey going to his fifth consecutive AFC championship game. Uh, Joining the Chiefs back when Andy Reid first got to town, he has seen some real changes in this organization uh, and now to the, the absolute mountaintop of consistency over these last five years. Remarkable. Uh, we uh, we are good from the podium, right, Beards? We just have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes we'll, we'll bring you later on. Plus, from the locker room, we'll get to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Creed Humphrey, and Justin Reid. First, though, before we take a quick timeout, I want to get back to the phones and get Evan on here. Evan, apologize for the uh, pump fake earlier. Appreciate you staying on hold, my friend. What's going on? Hey, Joshua. Hey. No, um, no problem, Win. I was going to say thank you for having me on the phone tonight. I appreciate it. You know what? Hey. I just honestly got Arrowhead parking lot tonight. It was a complete freak show getting out of there tonight. But you know what? I would rather be nowhere else than Arrowhead same tonight. Being the divisional playoff game against the Jaguars. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love the I love the Chiefs. I've been a lot I've been a lifelong fan. I'm twenty two years old and I've seen Tyler State play in Matt Castle and there's nothing like watch Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey tear the field up like they do. You agree with me on that? I most certainly do. There you go. You know what? Hey, tonight I love I love the rookies getting involved, mm-hmm. and I cannot I I love this so much. 
Hey, and I, I want to see him get more involved tonight. I, I, I want to see Kadarius Tony and McCole Harmon. Hopefully, he get back healthy. But you know what? I, lo- I love this defense. I love the defense. They don't get enough credit in the O line. The defense, the O line, the most important things in this team tonight. Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Orlando Brown are the most important things in this offense. You know, no, you know what's going on, okay? I, lo- I, you know what? Personally, I want to see the Bengals next week, and I want to be at home. I don't want the neutral site. I hate the neutral site. Yeah. NFL wants all the money. I don't care. Bengals, Arrowhead, we beat them 10 out of 10. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Evan, thank you for listening and calling in. And uh, it sounds like providing some of the noise out there at Arrowhead. I certainly hope the home crowd gets the chance to do that again next week as well. Uh, I am not a huge enthusiast about the neutral site game. I hope it ends up at Arrowhead. I hope this is not the first of many neutral site championship games for the for the NFL We'll see, but I think uh, I think Evan's right that the NFL is usually going to find a way to squeeze out another nickel from the uh, from the sport if they can. I, I hope that's not the case, and I certainly again hope that the Bengals handle their business tomorrow against Buffalo to keep that from even being a concern at least for this season. I want to make it five in a row at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are going to make it five in a row appearances, hosting the AFC Championship at least, depending on where it actually gets played. But that's out of their hands. They did their part, which is to punch their ticket. Back to the AFC Championship game. We'll take a break. More of the Sports Radio 810 WHP Post Game Show on the other side. McKinnon, the running back in motion. Shotgun snap to Mahomes. Left tackle block. Moves up. Messy pocket throws in the end zone. Caught touchdown underneath the crossbar by Marquez Valdez Scantling. Leaping high, his club snatched that ball out of the air. A six-yard touchdown pass. And the Chiefs now lead by nine with confetti in the air. And a lead with 7.08 to go in the extra point coming up as Mahomes again hobbles to the sideline. That play was electric. Arrowhead was electric. That is our electric play of the game brought to you by Bickmer Electric. Bickmer Electric, from small jobs to big jobs, the Bickmer team knows how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. Bickmer Electric. Truly a ridiculous showing from the Kansas City Chiefs, from Patrick Mahomes, from the whole team effort that got to the point that that sent the Chiefs back once more to the AFC Championship game. I'm going to keep saying it because I really think it's important and worth doing. Five in a row. The fifth. It's the, I mean, Sorry, Beards. It's the, it's the combination of me going five and fifth at the same time. It's the fifth. It's five. Five years. Think about where you were at in your life five years ago. Things that were different. I was here. I was also here. But barely. We we just started beards. We we were doing we were doing I think what we do one year of eight of almost entirely sports on ESPN Kansas City where, where Alex Smith was a quarterback wire to wire. Yeah, I think it's right. Now, actually, well, or we definitely started before the the seventeen draft because I remember talking about Patrick Mahomes leading up to that draft. Hello, yeah, a little pat, a little pat myself on the back. I think August seventeen. That sounds about right. Yeah, we were doing a little. Uh, well, that would have been. Well, you know what? We were talking pre-draft Mahomes. It might have been Sports Saturday, Sports Sunday. So anyway, all of that to say is that I have the incredibly good fortune of uh, my time in Kansas City Radio pretty much starting right in concert with Patrick Mahomes. I uh, do not take that blessing lightly. 
But and I imagine that some of our older la- fans and listeners, older Chiefs fans and our listeners, probably had a nice chuckle when our, uh, our last caller mentioned being 22 and remembering the, the bad football. But that's real. Like, I'm 28. An old, old man. And the names that our last caller mentioned of, you know, the Tyler Thigpen, Tyler Palco, Matt Castle, all of those things. Like, we were Kyle building Orton. Kyle Orton, Brady Quinn. I mean, oh, some really important eras of Chiefs football. And those are just in my era. I'm not going back Nick to, to oh, I forgot about Big Bleep Nick. I'm, I'm, and for me, my, my trauma does not go back to uh, the Bono, Gerback, DeBerg kind of categories. Those aren't my quarterbacks of my youth. I did at one point, I'm, I'm sure, ask my mom for a Damon Heward jersey, though. So, you know, we all have our guys, right? I was, I was, a, big, I was a big fan of the Tylers. I really was. And Matt Castle. And we've just come a really, really, really long way. Uh, the Chiefs have come a long way. The city's come a long way. And here we are again tonight, five in a row. Unreal. Uh, let's start hearing from the locker room very shortly. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Creed Humphrey, and Justin Reed. All sent back from reporter extraordinaire Todd Lebo. We'll also talk to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest in a little bit as well. But before we do, got to let you know that our locker room report's brought to you by Twin Peaks. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. You just heard his touchdown. Let's hear from the man himself, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, catching up with uh, Todd Levo, or vice versa, I suppose, in the Chiefs locker room after the win. Well, shortly. Can you just talk about, you know, Pat, that, you know, the touchdown drive when he throws that touchdown to you, just the guts he showed to, you know, kind of hobble his way through. And, and I mean, Pat wanted to go back in, you know, the, the first drive he got injured in. And, you know, obviously he did. You know, and obviously that shows the, the toughness that he has as a quarterback and, you know, a leader to our team and how important he is, you know, to our team and, you know, the, the resilience that he shows and, you know, trickles down to all the guys on the, on the team. How good did that touchdown feel? Uh, it was great, man. Obviously, it was a, a big moment in the game. You know, give us a, you know, a bit of a, a lead, you know, some breathing room, um, and you know, watching Pat and you know, be on the ground, getting up, still excited, hobbling off the field. You know, just shows the, the, the toughness that he is and the leader that he is. Well, what was the route that you were running, kind of dragging across the back of the end? Uh, it was just a slant route. Um, you know, uh, I seen that I had um, zero coverage, just one on one with that guy, um, and the. Back motioned out. The linebacker went with them. I knew they were going to double trav, so left me one on one. So I just know I had to get uh, get across and let Pat find me. Well, you guys say you have to focus on the game itself, but what goes through your mind when you see Pat go down? I mean, yeah, he's our quarterback. You know, um, you, know so you never want to see any anybody go down, especially uh, you know your captain. Um, but you know, I knew he was tough. I knew he was going to be able to you know, get up and keep going. Um, but you know, obviously, we still have a football game and. We were ready to, to keep going. I just see Chad came in, went 99 yards, and scored a touchdown. So when he when Patrick first came back in, he was really kind of hobbling. What was he like in the huddle there? Did he feel any different than anything else? Nah, he was the same self. There was no no difference. 
Um, you just said it's a score. You know, starts off every job with you know some positive words, talks about the play and how we're gonna go down and score. When you guys are there, we're focusing on the next drive. Did you even know he went back to the locker room? Are you paying attention to that part of it? Or? I mean, obviously we were, we were still in the game. Um, you know, so guys are checking on me. Hey, what's, what happened with Pat? You know, so they said he was he was good. You know, taped him up and he said he'll be back. There's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, I have to imagine that is a very jarring place to be for a wide receiver and certainly for a team and offense. Everybody there wondering when you're going to see Patrick Mahomes again, if you're going to see Patrick Mahomes again in that game, and then by default in that season. I want to pass along a stat here just tweeted out moments ago by Nick Jacobs over at KSHB 41 along the lines of the thing I will keep mentioning until I get tired of saying it, which I don't think will be anytime soon, that the Chiefs are headed to their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. Woo. Nick tweets out consecutive conference championship appearances here in NFL history. The Patriots from 2011 through 2018 did it eight straight times. That's nuts. And obviously overlapped by one year with the Chiefs meeting in that year's championship game. So the Patriots did it eight years in a row. The, uh, Mid-70s Raiders with John Madden did it uh, five times, which the Chiefs have now tied with their active run. Raiders got five from 73 to 77. Chiefs have five now, tied for second. The early 90s Bills did it four times in a row. The Cowboys did it in the 70s and in the 90s. And the Eagles did it in the early 2000s, meaning that Andy Reid is on this list twice. That's pretty cool. Now, Bill Belichick has two, uh, four consecutive streaks. They're just neck and neck together because it was eight in a row. But Andy Reid has a four and, and five conference championship consecutive appearances stretch there. Four in a row with the Eagles in the early 2000s. Five in a row with the Chiefs here now from 2018 to this moment. It's a pretty cool spot that the Chiefs find themselves in. Really ridiculous. Uh, we'll go back to the locker room, though, and uh, stay on the offensive side because Creed Humphrey uh, is certainly the man who needs to be familiar with where exactly Patrick Mahomes is. Here's the center on the Chiefs' offensive line here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. The energy in the building kind of sinks when Pat's not in. Were the jokes needed? Was that something that was good <laughs> at the moment? You know what I mean? Help everybody out? You know, I think uh, we weren't too, you know, we knew we got to execute our job no matter what. So yeah. we know Chad coming in. We know what he can do. We know the plays he can make too. So we knew that you know we just execute our jobs. We will to move down the field. What kind of message does that send though when you see Pat and you see how how much he is hurting and that he wants to get back in there? He's angry that he even has to come out. Yeah, it's a huge message. Like I said, like everybody in this building knows Pat's a tough dude. So being able to see him come out playing on an ankle, you know, that, that can that can hurt. So uh, being able, for him to be able to do that's awesome to see. How much did you guys have to kind of change maybe some of the game plan with that? Yeah, not too much. Uh, you know, I think we, we stuck to the game plan that we had coming in pretty well. And, uh, you know, Pat made a ton of great plays in the second half, and uh, he, he battled through it, and he did a great job. Was everyone aware that, you know, he can't really mobile, so he can't really be mobile, so we might have to, you know, show it up in the pocket? Yeah, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we knew we had to execute our job up front, uh, keep him clean. That was a big emphasis for us. Uh, going back uh, out there in the second half, we were going to keep him clean. We didn't want him to get touched. So, uh, you know, I think the O-line did a great job of that throughout the second half, too. So, uh, you know, credit to Pat making plays like that, coming in, toughing it out. He did an awesome job tonight. What's communication like down there for you guys? 
know, we're all looking through binoculars up there, see what he's doing on the sideline. You've got to be focused on your job. At that point, do you even did you even know that he went back to the locker room? No, I had no clue he went back to the locker room, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I just knew uh, they had me get a couple of snaps with Chad. Uh, so I was ready, whoever it was going to be, whether it was Pat or Chad coming in. You know, we knew we had a job to execute, so we just – Went out there and did our jobs. Show up whoever's in the huddle's in the huddle, right? Exactly. (laughs) There's Creed Humphrey. Interesting because MVS also kind of implied that he didn't know Mahomes went to the locker room. Uh, But Creed, being the center, snapping the ball to the quarterback, also saying he had no idea. Which makes sense, right? Because he was out of the game before he went. It's not like he went straight to the locker room or, you know, mercifully, not like he needed to get carted off or anything like that. Uh, But just had to be such an interesting scene. Uh, to, to be able to paint the picture just a little bit of what that sideline was like is a, a really interesting wrinkle in this game tonight that, again, borderline miraculously, it seems. That might be a little bit of a big word for the moment, but I don't I don't know how much a Kansas City wants to disagree with me on this. Um, a little bit of a, of a miracle in the fact that we are talking about what it was like before he returned to the game. Now look, again, will that ankle stiffen up this week? When that vitamin T wears off in that ankle, how's it going to feel tomorrow? Probably not very good. It was just tape. Vitamin tape is what I meant, actually, yeah, right. is the vitamin T, yeah. That's what Cosworth was saying, anyway. I think that's what he meant. I mean, you can tell just by how thick that tape is on that ankle. That's exactly right. That's a vitamin level. That's prescription tape right there. Just an absolute, it's it's just ridiculous that we are able to talk about that moment in retrospect now, and Mahomes going to the locker room, and then him returning later. And again, if he's, look, if he's not mobile at all uh, against the Bills or the Bengals next week, it's going to significantly impact how I feel about the Chiefs' chances in that game. It'll impact the spread. It'll impact all sorts of things. We don't have to be in that moment just yet, though, because we are here, and the Chiefs did an unbelievable thing. It's ridiculous. Uh, let's go back to the defensive side here from the locker room. Justin Reed speaking to the media from the uh, again from the locker room and uh, giving a little bit of a view of what the game was like from the backside of the defense. Um, it's going to be about us anyway. As far as our minds go, it's going to be about us and how we perform and execute and execute the game plan. Um, and that's how we're going to move forward. Did you feel a, a pressure on the defensive side to step up knowing that with Patrick out, the offense might not put up the points that they normally Yeah, I mean, the pressure is always there. I mean, this is the playoffs. And, you know, a lot of games in playoff football comes down to how well your – I mean, our offense is always going to put up points. You know, Patrick obviously is the MVP candidate of the league, but we still have confidence in Chad Henney too. Um, but the playoffs, your defense got to come to play too. And you've seen that happen, you know, throughout the history of the league, that defensive performances is what wins championships. And that's the mentality we have on defensive side of the ball. Um, we were winning at that point in the game, so we knew if we just held him, you know, we win. What is it about Frank Clark that makes him just built for playoff football? Man, the guy is just special. His work ethic, um, he really brings it out to play. Um, guy's dangerous. He has a lot, all the energy in the world. Um, it makes plays happen. Um, you know, especially when you have two um, all-star caliber players and him and Chris Jones, it's tough for opposing offenses to try and stop both of them. You know, they kind of have to pick one at times. And, you know, there's a double team on Chris, it frees up Frank, and there's a double team on Frank, it frees up Chris. Um, so those two guys being on the field at the same time is big for us. You guys had a couple of huge possessions to start the second half where you got them to them to punt. That kind of helped settle everything down because then Patrick came back in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the best, the four most important series in the game that we always preach in our locker room is the opening kickoff, the end of the first half, the opening series of the second half, and then, of course, the last series of the game. You know what I mean? If you do well in those four series, um, then odds are you're doing pretty well in the game. 
and you're, uh, you got these young guys back there with you all the time, made some plays. Take us through what you saw with Jalen on that pick. Yeah. Um, for, first off, great call by Coach Bagnola. Um, dialing up the pressure, actually sent me through the B gap. I came free. Um, forced Trevor Lawrence to throw a ball kind of off of his back foot. Jalen was in, uh, you know, in uh, basically like a two-high type of coverage, turned his head around quickly. You know, I almost thought he wasn't going to turn around in time, but he got his head turned around in time, came down with the ball, big-time play in a big-time moment, really changed the momentum for us and, you know, started to ice the game. And the other play, that the turnover, it looked like it wasn't even a hit. He fumbled the ball. It was that scrum down there. What did you, you see on that play? Um, yeah, tempo tempo type of play. Um, I was aligned to the right. Trevor Lawrence came, hot throw to number 39, um, caught the ball. Then LJ ended up making the play on him to where he ended up making him fumble and turn into a scrum. And, you know, anything goes in a scrum. At the end of the day, you just got to come out with the ball. You guys were minus three in turnovers last time you played, and you're plus two tonight. What's the significance of turning that stat around? Yeah, I mean, we're just keeping the train going that we started at the end of the season. That's why it was important for us to end the season strongest, rated so strongly. Um, you know, the turnover started coming in December, January. Um, so they're starting to show up for us in big time moments. And, you know, we, that was a big emphasis this week, too, was how we didn't have any turnovers the last time we played them. We had to find a way to get some of those this time. There's Justin Reed from the locker room. Uh, interesting, especially at the beginning there, to hear him talk a little bit about what the pressure is like on a defense, what the mentality is for a defense in the playoffs, regardless of how your offensive is, your offense is performing, regardless of how your quarterback's health is looking. That pressure is there in the playoffs. He's right. And and really, the, the barometer for a successful defensive performance changed when Mahomes went down. Even when he was back in the game, it was still different. It went from, hey, just, just give us... Just give us an average performance, and we'll take that 100 times out of 100. Same goes for the special teams. Just an average day at the office. We're all happy with that. Well, that changes when you don't know if you can rely on your offense. And Chad Henney's version of the offense paid off. Patrick Mahomes' banged-up version of the offense made enough plays late in the game. But then you did have, not, not every opportunity, but you did have a lot of opportunities made the most of by this defense. You get the pick to basically ice it at the end. Just a really, really good showing for a unit that I think has gotten more flack than it's deserved over the course of this season. Do you want a fun little stat just really quickly I, that I just figured out? I always want a fun little stat. So, um, Patrick Mahomes, no, I think how I want to Okay, Trevor Lawrence threw for 217 yards. Okay. Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney combined for 218 Yeah, that's that is that is surprising. And two more touchdowns. That is uh that's a surprising stat line. I'm I'm a little bit Boy, you want to hear another uh, thing that Trevor just Lawrence threw two more passes by the way. You want to hear something else that just sounds wrong? Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney were not sacked at any point in this game. Beard just cackled. You couldn't hear cuz his mic was off, but he I just saw him cackle. That doesn't sound correct. I, I vaguely remember Patrick Mahomes being impacted by defenders relatively harshly a few times. Those weren't sacks. Crazy. That right there is what that, that's a quarterback getting rid of the football at the last possible second uh, and making magic with it. Absolutely wild. 
Chiefs win 27-20. to 20. A little bit later, we'll hear from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. They had to say uh, about everything that unfolded there today. Plus, um, I, I mean, we'll just, there's a lot to talk about here. I feel like we have barely scratched the surface of all the things going on in this game. So we got a lot to unpack. And then also, uh, we will at some point tonight join in progress the NFC Divisional Round game of the day. Eagles at Giants. How's that one going? Well, the Eagles, oh, just, I thought for sure, you almost set me up perfectly, Beard. I don't know if you have it on in there. I do not. I was moments away from being able to announce that it was now 21 to nothing Eagles, as opposed to it still being 14 to nothing Eagles, uh, but they just picked up a first down in the red zone, down around the two-yard line, three-yard line, it looks like. So you're saying there's still a chance? I'm saying there's still a chance. I'm saying it hasn't looked very good for the Giants so far. That Jalen Hurts looks pretty good. The Eagles look pretty good. And uh, that the one seeds in both conferences look pretty good. In fact, uh, I just saw Jason Kelsey fall into the end zone in front of Boston Scott, who fell into the end zone with the football. 20 to nothing. PAT pending there in Philadelphia. So... Uh, I won't rush the show to get us to the second half of that one unless some real wild stuff happens, but we'll join that for the remainder of the night here on 810 as well. A lot of football to be had, a lot of talking about it all to be done. Tomorrow's games, of course, will also be right here on your home for the NFL, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Beers McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing as well. I am Joshua Briscoe. More Chiefs postgame whenever we come back. Second down and six, shotgun snap and a launching pass down the far side, leaping interception made, Jalen Watson who falls down on the far sideline at the 31, a backpedaling leaping interception on the sideline by Kansas City at the 31 of the Chiefs. And it's made by Jalen Watson, a rookie out of Washington State. And another turnover, back-to-back turnovers by Jacksonville. Two huge turnovers in very short sequence for the Jags and a tremendous play made by Jalen Watson on the interception. That was a legit one-handed pick, by the way. It wasn't just one hand out bringing it into the other. It was one hand out and tucking to the body. His offhand never actually came back to secure the ball because he didn't need it. That is why that is without question our defensive play of the game presented by Slagle Fence. When you need a fence, call Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence installs it all from wood to ornamental steel to vinyl to chain link. No job is too large and it'll look great too. Schedule your free estimate by going to slagelfence.com or call 816-863-6159. The defense is a part of the equation that I don't think we've talked quite enough about tonight. And then shortly we'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Matt Derrick as well. But let's talk about two elements of the game that aren't just Patrick Mahomes and all of the craziness that comes with that and aren't just about Five straight AFC Championship games. Want to shine a couple of spotlights real quick. The easy one to mention again. God, Travis Kelsey's unbelievable. I'm sure good at football. True. I'm. I'm imagining that there are probably some answers. You know, if you want to say like, oh, if he was with the Bills, man, this wouldn't be true. But just about every team in football. Travis Kelsey would be the only dude on it who you cared about. <laughs> like, or at least the guy you knew the most about, the player you most enjoyed watching and, ever, and thinking, man, how cool would it be for Patrick Mahomes to have a guy like that? 
if Travis Kelsey was on another team with another quarterback, he would be the face of that franchise. That's really what I mean by the guy you'd know about. Any other any other team, with a couple exceptions, the vast majority of teams, he would have been the face of the franchise for this last decade. Certainly, you know, the back half of his career. But, you heard him reference it in his presser, he knows he's got it good with Andy Reid being the guy who's drawn his his whole career up. And also, Andy Reid knows he's got it good that he made the right draft pick and that his team made the right draft pick back when they called Travis Kelsey and he asked, are you going to bleep this up? And he said no. And he didn't. 14 catches on 17 targets in this game where the Chiefs completed 27 passes. Real quick, Beards, can you help me with the math? So 27, okay? Uh-huh. If you uh, if you have 27 and 14, right? what's the ratio there? Let's like take, take 14, I guess, and maybe like double it would get you... 28. 28, okay, uh-huh. so... Travis Kelsey had more than half of the receptions in this football game for the Chiefs. That's pretty good. On a day where QB1 was on fire until his ankle exploded. And then it was QB2 and a genuinely hobbled QB1. And they just always knew that, you know what, at the very least... 87's probably going to be in motion before the snap. He's going to find somewhere for me to put that football. Dude's unreal. A total cheat code. I'm not telling you he's the greatest pass catcher in the history of the NFL, although I'd love to eventually be able to make an argument that sounds sort of like that. But I'm telling you there's nobody like him. Period. There's, there's just not. And, there, and I don't know that there ever will be. I, I hope the Chiefs draft tight ends for a long time and develop them and keep them in this offense. And uh, I'm already enamored with like the entire Georgia depth chart at tight end. But the way that Travis Kelsey, I think it was Chris Collinsworth who said something like, Travis Kelsey probably reads defenses better than like 90% of the quarterbacks in football. And I think that might be legitimately true. And he's reading from different spots on the field. He has the, 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 the toolbox to exploit whatever he's seeing. He's just, he's just unbelievable. An outrageous talent paired with the type of football brain that you just don't usually get outside of the quarterback position, near as I can tell. I'm not the authority on that, so I quoted what Chris Collinsworth said. I can't remember if he actually said 90%, but it was a compliment along those lines. He's just always open. He's always the right guy to go to. And it feels like all you got to do is establish the Kelsey. It's unbelievable. So I don't ever want to gloss over 87 because the dude's unreal. But we've got to speak on the defense. The last three weeks of the regular season... I told you this the first time, and the second time I said, hey, there's a pattern, and then after the Raiders game, I told you, I am in. We saw a pattern over the last three weeks. 
and it was a defense that that finally found its its barn full of homing missiles. Especially these young corners, man. I love them. And you've got you had a couple of spots of busted coverage here and there. They gave up 17 points when it mattered. They gave up the field goal and the Jags took that at the end of the game. 17, 20, whatever. Also with that starting with two drives in terrible field position for the defense because of long kick returns on special teams. But this defense did everything you could ask for it to do in this game tonight. Uh, against a team that did a lot more offensively against a defense with the Los Angeles Chargers that has been better this year than the Chiefs defense has. And it really all came together on that Jalen Watson pick. It was a Spags blitz, a hurried throw, Lawrence floated it, and then one of these young corners went out there and leapt to the sky and brought that ball down from the clouds. That's the recipe. That, that's it. That's what you've been sold. That's what we're buying. That's what the Chiefs need to keep playing into February to win the one game in February. That's it. They had some really, really good moments. They had a couple of tough ones. It turned into a handful of points. The Jags scored 10 points entering the fourth quarter, before the fourth quarter. You don't allow the 10 in the fourth and all that? Yeah, for sure. But I'll take that defensive performance every time from the Chiefs, and they did it when their offense wasn't firing on all cylinders after the Mahomes injury. And this really is, we mentioned this taking calls earlier as well, but this really is the payoff frankly, of the Tyreek Hill trade. I don't like just mentioning Tyreek Hill for no reason. I know that it gets annoying and like through the lens of, oh, how are the Chiefs going to survive without Tyreek Hill? That's not what I'm doing. I'm not doing that because we all know better. But the logic of that trade was like, all right, we're going to get some picks and we're going to see what we can do to make ourselves a little more flexible, a little younger, a little more athletic defensively. How can we reload this defensive unit? Okay, well, on some level, not to be like super dismissive, on some level, that's the easy part. All right, let's make this defense younger. Okay, cool. Every Chiefs fan in America and also around the world, in Germany, I'm going to try to expand that internationally. No matter what language you speak, you probably watched the Chiefs and saw 49 and 56 on the field quite a bit last year. And we're like, oh, that's a lot of playing time for those guys. Could the Chiefs get more athletic at those positions? That would be nice. You know, Tyron Matthew... Has his worst season in Kansas City. You uh, you know Charvarius Ward's getting paid. The Chiefs can be the team to do that. Now the Niners do it. What can you, what, what are you expecting from another year of Legarius Sneed? Really high ceiling from his his uh, his debut. He's made a great impact, but can he be the guy? Well, what the Chiefs did then was completely overhaul the defense with youth. You still got your Carlos Dunlap kind of Melvin Ingram replacement, but you spend your. It was the Chiefs' original pick, right? With uh, where they drafted Carloftis. Doesn't matter. You 
Grab George Karloftis at the end of the first. His growth has been substantial. You saw him, not the Christian Kirk touchdown, that's not his fault. Frankly, I don't know if that's really Spags' fault either. The Jags found the Chiefs in a spot, they liked him, and they had the exact play. Christian Kirk out of the backfield, and the, the way the alignment ended up, that was Karloftis' assignment. The, the Jags just had a great chess move there. Just a great chess move. If you say Spag is supposed to be great, he needs to have a counter move, totally get it. But I just kind of tip my hat to Doug Peterson in that moment. But you see George Karloftis, his relentless presence, even whenever he's not the dude just like eating quarterbacks alive, complimentary pass rush, a team effort, pushing from different spots on the pocket, just trying to give somebody a chance, even if you're not the one most outrageously winning the rep, can you not lose it? Can you make a little bit of pressure and have someone else try to clean it up? Karloftis has been taking strides over the course of his rookie season. You got to feel great about that. They trade up for Trent McDuffie. Teams don't even throw at him anymore. Every once in a while, I think he had a bad play tonight. I can't remember what it was in particular. I'm not going to go scrub through my notes to find it because that's not the point. Teams don't like throwing at Trent McDuffie. Call. That might have been. Yeah, that, that, also, call. that also might have been declined. The play was somewhere else. I can't I don't remember. I think they got like a bit. Yeah, they got a big first out of it and they just declined it. You're, you're going to find your your hands in the face and your holds and your guys out of position. And again, the Chiefs had a, at least one bad busted coverage. But generally, teams don't like throwing at Trent McDuffie. Legereus Sneed is a star. And then they draft both. After, after they have McDuffie, they draft both. First, Joshua Williams. And, and then, in the seventh, Jalen Watson. They develop those guys to the point that they eventually are comfortable trading away Rashad Fenton. They say, we love our group. We're going to believe in it. We're going to stick with it. These are our guys. By God, it worked. The Chiefs in the Steve Spagnuolo era have gotten outrageously good production out of their cornerbacks for the investment they put into them. When you're giving me day two and three, actually both day three draft picks at corner, competing and then playing really solid football as your third corner because your rookie who came back from injury has been lights out and your fourth rounder from a few years back is playing Pro Bowl caliber football. The, the Chiefs, specifically, their development of their young cornerbacks has been an incredible thing for them to hang their hat on from a coaching development standpoint. Tonight you saw it paying off. Because it's not just them defending the ball. It is the aggressiveness in the flats. It is the four-yard pass that is only a four-yard gain because they drop them there. I, I have a bunch of individual moments that I wrote down over the course of the, uh, the course of the game, and then I had a couple more moments that I just went, I'm not even going to write this down. I don't need to. This is the story from this group. They just keep doing it. It is not a fluke. It is not a one-off. It is not an individual memory expanding to everything else. This defense has an attitude, specifically from these young freaking corners. Those aren't supposed to be your big hitters. Those aren't supposed to be your thumpers. And they say, we don't really care very much about what we're supposed to be. We're going to come hit you, sir. 
I, I, man, I love that. I love what we have seen over now these last four games. The linebackers today had a rough day. All of them did. I, there, I don't think there was a linebacker who had a good day of football for the Chiefs today. Couple good plays here and there. Not a good day. Got a couple good moments from Juan Thornhill. There's some busted coverage over the middle times. Again, nobody, I don't know who gets a, a 100 out of 100. I don't think anybody gets a zero out of 100 either. Everything's by degrees. But as a whole, I am thrilled with what the defense gave to the Chiefs today. And I am so excited about the young pieces who got here an hour and a half ago, it feels like. And they are making huge plays in the playoffs of their rookie season. Their first time in the playoffs, too. This isn't Patrick Mahomes and Frank Clark and Chris Jones and guys who have been here all this time. These are rookies making plays in the playoffs. And they're only going to get better. Ugh. I am so excited about that fact. I'm also excited to talk to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. We'll do that on the other side of a quick timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Brought to you by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Second down and 10, 43 of Jacksonville. Here's a handoff, Pacheco breaks free, 40. Foot race on the near sideline, 30. A foot race down the near sideline, 20, 10. Running inside the five and knocked out just shy of the pylon to the three. Pacheco directed over the tackle on the left side, bounced outside, and he deceptively got free and racing down the near sideline for 40. And it's a first and goal for the Chiefs, who began at their two, now at the Jacksonville three. An unbelievable run there by Isaiah Pacheco and such a good call by Kevin Harlan to boot. That's our play of the game brought to you by Central Bank. For more, visit them online at centralbank.net. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco run the football. I wouldn't have hated seeing it slightly more just on a, you know, hey, how much more does Patrick Mahomes need to do here for all of this sort of scale? But I just enjoy watching the ball in the hands of number 10. That dude moves not just angry that dude moves furious i saw a very funny tweet uh, about somebody it just said you know isaiah pacheco's toothbrush looks like this and it was just you know a toothbrush that had clearly been ground down to like where it just looks like a absolute explosion of toothbrush hairs like when you use a toothbrush for too long never buy a new one is that just me i do that and i imagine it's what i imagine they're right because that's what would happen if you brush your teeth at 900 miles an hour which is sort of how it seems like isaiah pacheco lives his life Speaking of uh, funny tweets, and just a quick update on the NFC side before we get to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. The Eagles have scored again, 28 to nothing, with uh, about 40 seconds left in the first half. The Giants will get the ball back. Uh, The best analysis of the game that I've seen on Twitter is from uh, Marcus Spears, who just tweeted, You ever see a bear fight a rabbit? Turn on Fox right now. Fox is where... uh, Eagles-Giants is currently happening, and it sort of is playing out like a fight between a bear and a rabbit. Which is poorly. 
Things will go better now, though, because we've got Matt Derrick on the line. And Matt Derrick's appearance is brought to you by Shamrock Roofing and Construction, Kansas City's local, residential, and commercial roofing contractors. One call does it all with Shamrock Roofing. One call also does it all when it comes to uh, getting all the information we need from the game tonight. Matt, uh, I just want to know more than anything, and first of all, what it was like in the press box and then certainly, you know, overlooking Arrowhead when Patrick Mahomes is as hobbled as we've seen him since his kneecap was on the side of his leg. Yeah, uh, I imagine the way it was is pretty much everyone who was watching the game, um, a lot of people holding their breath and trying to figure out what was going on and scanning the field to, to see, you know, watching the, the, the limp that I'm sure was going across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just scanning the guidelines constantly, trying to figure out where he was, what was going on. Um, and then, you know, once he throws his coat down and heads back to the locker room, um, it was there was there was a while, probably fifteen twenty minutes there. You know, uh, really just trying to figure out what was going on and uh, if it was okay and what was really happening. I think there might be a dozen parts of this game that we could talk about, but in that vein, I imagine that this is going to end up being a a legacy type of game that we're telling stories about for a very long time. But I mean, again, you were there for it and looking around at what that was going, how that was all going to unfold. How do you think that game should end up like going into the archives, not knowing how the Chiefs' season will end, of course, still? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great question, because I, I, I do ask myself that a lot. Like, you know, where will we be, where will we later rank this? I mean, is this going to end up in the Hall of Fame highlight package for Patrick Mahomes? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, it, it might just end up being so far down the list of crazy, <laughs> one incredible heroic things that Patrick Mahomes has done that it doesn't even crack the top ten. Um, but, you know, the legend might grow depending on what happens next week. Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel that way about 13 seconds. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, the 13 seconds Grim Reaper t-shirts are available, you know, in the dollar bit. Right. Because they didn't win the Super Bowl. If they won the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes would be signing those things and they'd be on eBay for, you know, $15,000. Right. Um, but that didn't happen. So, to me, it's going to depend. I mean, if, if one-legged Patrick Mahomes takes the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and wins the title, then, yeah, I mean, I think this will be, everyone will remember, remember the year that Patrick Mahomes beat the NFL on one leg. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is the end of the story, it probably gets left the, in the dustbin of history. Yeah. But we'll, let's see what happens. What else in the non-Mahomes-hobbled division uh, stood out to you? Because, again, I, I, I feel like this game gave us plenty to choose from outside of just the performance from fifteen. It really was. I mean, you know, the, the number of storylines, I mean, I'm just like, uh, you know, it's like a sugar overdose for, you know, fellow diabetics here <laughs> on, on trying to identify the best story because, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's three different stories about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah. just not only, you know, what he did on the field, but just what the, the player's reaction was, what they were thinking at the time. Um, Chad Henney coming in, how does he deal with that? How does he calm down his teammates, get mm-hmm. everybody focused? And then lead a 98-yard touchdown drive. Crazy. I mean, how many teams have we seen their backup quarterback come in and they just, you know, drool on the field for two and a half minutes and punt the football? Mm-hmm. Chad Henney comes in and goes 98 yards. Uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap, veteran, finally gets his first playoff win, and it's, uh, you know, a day to the, to the day, the anniversary of his father's death last year. Mm. Um, you know, it's just there's there's stories like that all across that locker room today. 
when you uh, when you were in there, then I, what was the what was the energy? What was the uh, what, what was everyone else kind of latching on to? Then was there was there something that tied those together? You know, I, I mean, first of all, one, I, I'm not sure that everybody knew, you know, Carlos' story as far as, you know, because, like, Nick Bolton didn't realize that that was, like, his first playoff win. And yeah. there's some guys that didn't realize the part about his father. But everybody, his history and where he was and where he's been and everything. So there was a lot of that as far as just guys who are really happy for Carlos after all this time yeah. uh, to getting to have this success and getting to finally be in the postseason because he had definitely let – all his teammates know back in training camp the reason why he was here was to get a ring. Yeah. And that's what he's trying to get. And, you know, and there's, there's a lot of guys who are still on this team in that, that same kind of mode. What about on the offense with how things ended up coming together? It's it's hilarious to look at the uh, the receiving box score because of the 27 completions, just over half of those went to Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns. And Kadarius Toney also had five receptions, not not as high-flying a day as uh, as Kelsey's. But the rest of the team, it was two catches for Juju and then one for everyone else. I would have lost this. I mean, I did lose this bet, so I guess I'll just put that out there. Uh, I would have lost the bet of Jarek McKinnon, zero receptions out of this game. But also, I don't feel too bad about guessing wrong because, of course, things changed on the fly with how the offense was humming pre-injury and then hobbled post. But um, Travis Kelsey, the, the highlight, Kadarius Tony next. What did you see from the pass catchers? And can we can we finally try to make the world appreciate Travis Kelsey a little bit? <laughs> we should, shouldn't we? I mean, uh, all the guy does is just go out and set records. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, and, I w- hey, I was, I was one for two on predictions because I said, hey, you know what? Maybe that Jarek McKinnon has just been poaching Travis Kelsey's touchdown. Oh, so, Jarek McKinnon zero, Travis Kelsey two. Is there a correlation? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but I, my my weaker prediction was, you know, I had, had a conversation this morning um, with, with an interview, and I, I said, hey, you know, in the past, Patrick Mahomes, when when it's when there's trouble, you know, when it's when it's you know, been his back is up against the wall and everything like that. He was either he he went to Travis Kelsey and he went to Tyreek Hill. Well, yeah. without Tyreek Hill, he has spread the football around. Well, mm. today was a pretty pretty bad day, you know, as far as everything that was going for the offense. I mean, with, with Mahomes getting hurt and handing him to come in, and where's the football go? It only went to Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. I mean, you know, uh, even I mean, even the even the stuff to Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. those were runs. Yeah. I mean, right. And most offenses, those are run plays. So I can't even necessarily say that that was part of the passing game. I mean, Noah Gray had one really great play mm-hmm. when he was running a Travis Kelsey route, mm-hmm. and that probably he probably stole that play from Travis Kelsey. So maybe yep. Kelsey should have 18 catches, for, <laughs> uh, you know, 125 yards, right. <laughs> 15 catches. Yeah, um, which yeah, I mean, pretty much just leaves you with Juju and and that Justin Watson. I mean, that was a big catch for Justin and big, and, and MBS touchdown. Um, but this was a one-dimensional passing game, and I don't necessarily think that's the fault of any of the other receivers. I honestly think it's just because Travis Kelsey is pretty freaking great. Yeah, and, and also because I, it's, it did seem like the offense was at least a little bit sped up uh, post-injury because Patrick Mahomes was not as mobile as he once was, and he was doing jump passes before and after the injury, so... Clearly, he's still doing crazy bleep at all times. Um, But I want to go to the running game at least a little bit. 
Because I love Isaiah Pacheco, man. I love watching him run. My my great my great shame of the the 2020 year that was uh, before, during, and after the draft is that I really got a uh, a real anti running back narrative around me. And I I grew up on running backs. I, I've I grew up a Chiefs fan watching uh, basically only the running back position. Not such true. The running back position and the offensive line, in fact, being something to really hang your hat on for 20 years of Chiefs football. And I gotta tell you, Matt, Jarek McKinnon has been a, a revelation, but he's he's doing it in different ways. Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco's making me feel some things I haven't necessarily felt about a Chiefs running back in in quite some time, Matt. See, that's fascinating because you know your brand image is certainly that seven-year-old Josh Briscoe. Um, hated Priest Holmes for stealing Tony Gonzalez's touchdown. Right, and then nothing could be further from the truth. I grew up on running backs and tight ends, and now I got Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey together. I'm, I'm, I am finally achieving, you know, peak me. Yeah, and and I, hey, I've said it before. You know, my 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 little Isaiah Pacheco story that I've made up and everything is that I think Isaiah Pacheco screams football is life. Yes, every yes. time before he touches the football. That's my favorite. Um, and you know, and today, even let's let's just take out, for instance the biggest play of the game, perhaps offensively, which was Pacheco taking a zero-yard gain into yeah. a 39-yard gain um, that, that kept that 98-yard touchdown drive alive. Um, even if you take that out, 11 carries, 56 yards. That's still five yards a carry. Yep. Um, so even if you say, oh, well, hey, one play gave him 7.9 yards. Well, I mean, all the others, he averaged over five, and that's still really darn great, too. Yep. Um, yeah, I really solid performance. I mean, the only the only thing that, and I think it was a good thing for Pacheco, you know, late in the game when the Chiefs were just trying to run out the clock, they put McKinnon in and they're going to close it. And mm-hmm. one day, one day that will be Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. But this year, hey, you know, he's had a few football security issues. Right now, let's not work, you know, destroy his confidence or create any issues. Go ahead and use McKinnon in those situations. Because if Pacheco is just going to go out and pound out 20, 12, 12 carries for 95 yards the rest of the game, so be it. Yeah. Uh, I, right before we called you, I was on the uh, on the soapbox talking about the, the youngest members of this defense, and particularly the corners. We've talked last three weeks, at least a little bit here and there, about what the defense has looked like in terms of it feeling more aggressive, like they're playing on the balls of their feet instead of their heels, or you know, coming in and, and seeing what these corners are doing, just hitting dudes in the flat, or after a completion, there are very, very rarely is there a frustrating amount of yards after the catch, unless it's like the that busted play to Evan Ingram, you know, but like, it, unless you're playing the Bengals, basically, if you catch a pass in front of Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, even at times this season, Joshua Williams... If you catch a pass in front of those guys, they're not bringing you down at their first point of contact or at least mucking it up for long enough for others to come in and help clean it up. That, to me, also has been just a joy to watch that development. It, and it happened again today. It looked legitimate again to me today. What have you seen from, from particularly that, that young group of DBs? Yeah, and, you know, and I'm, I'm reminded of one of my favorite lines from today, which came from the, 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 the legend that sits next to me in the press box, Adam Teicher. Yes. Um, when I can't remember who it was, but uh, Legereus Sneed blew up the screenplay on the left side in the fourth quarter and just tore the play apart. And and Teicher said, "Who's that?" And I said, "It was Sneed." And he goes, "Of course it was." Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's what Legereus Sneed does. Yeah. I mean, he's just one of the hardest hitting, nastiest tacklers that are out there. Um, you know, Jalen Watson has the one-handed freaking interception. Unreal. 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 Um, you know, 
Brian Cook, even. I mean, he, he's, he's had his aggression cost him a couple of times with some penalties this mm-hmm. year. But I guarantee you, you know, in the future, that aggression is going to create turnovers because that's yeah. just the kind of guy that, that Brian Cook is. He's going to blow people up. Um, and, and Trent McDuffie is not, I mean, he's not out there playing like a rookie in his first postseason. Yep. He looks like a veteran out there. Um, I, no, I mean, it, it is huge. Now, of course, that leads to some problems, which we have seen with young guys on special teams. Mm-hmm. But defensively, no, I mean, the, the reason why the Chiefs went with the youth movement, because they knew from last year, especially what happened to them against the Bengals, they needed to get younger and faster on defense. We're going to probably find out. I mean, next week, whether it's the Bengals or the Bills, we're going to find out if this past year's draft paid off because this draft was all about beating the Bills and the Bengals defensively. Mm. Okay, well, I'll, I'll ask you a question that I had asked me earlier this week, and then by the beginning of the question, I had one answer. By the end of the question, I had a different answer, which is, uh, who should the Chiefs be rooting for tomorrow? <sighs> I, I'm very conflicted on that question because, uh, personally, uh, I don't want to go to Atlanta. I'd rather stay <laughs> home next yeah. weekend right. and cover a game. So, yep. the Bengals. Yep. Um, but I tell you what, I mean, from from talking to the players after the game, and, and certainly hey, most of the players were certainly towing the company line. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where we play. We play in a parking lot. You know, whatever whatever it happens, so be it. I, I got the sense, but, you know, between the lines from some that I I think they want the Bengals. Mm. I don't, and I don't think it's because they want to stay home. I think it's because they want to beat those guys. Mm. Um, you know, Buffalo, it's been, hey, Buffalo, you can have the regular season. Chiefs, you can have the postseason. I mean, if they beat the Bills, so what? They beat the Bills in the postseason, it seems like, all the time. The Bengals have had their number. And I think this team, they, they want the challenge. I mean, certainly they want to win a Super Bowl. And if you told them that the, the road to the Super Bowl was easier by beating Buffalo – I think they would say, we don't want it easier. We want to beat Bengals. I mean, that's what's going to mean something. I think they want Cincinnati. I mean, I really think they do. And I think they, I think they would be a more motivated and a more focused team against Cincinnati because those guys have their number. Matt, I'm glad we have your number because otherwise getting you on this show every weekend would really be a difficulty. And I, I hope for at least your sake, and really I hope for all the listeners' sake, I hope we're talking to you from Arrowhead again next week. But if it's got to be from Atlanta or however that plays out, Regardless, uh, we'll look look forward to the uh, the next conversation and the chatting with you on Friday on the Zone. Appreciate your time as always. Glad we have at least one more game to do this. And if I have to talk to you from a, a dirty, stinking couch in a bar in Atlanta, <laughs> you know, stadium, I'll find that I'll find that couch for you. I I had no doubt whatsoever. Thank you, Matt. Take care, Joshua. Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, brought to you by Shamrock Roofing and Construction. One call does it all. That's at Shamrock Roofing and Construction. Matt Derrick, again, of ChiefsDigest.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt Derrick as well. Looking forward to seeing what goes up on Chiefs Digest uh, very shortly to see what, uh, what where, where he ends up going with all the... The elements we just sifted through of tonight's game, which will certainly include quotes from the coach and the quarterback, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from them next on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. First and goal, pass, far sideline, leaping catch, Agnew, but he dropped the ball, may have fumbled it after the catch on a leaping grab at the five. Cut inside, fumble it, and the Chiefs have recovered. The Chiefs have recovered. The Jacksonville fumble at the four. 
Agnew fumbles it after a leaping grab, began to cut, goes inside. A player for the Chiefs is down. Legereus Sneed on his back. Two pieces of good news to report on that clip. One is that Legereus Sneed ultimately walked off on his own power, returned, and uh, did play in the game again. And it, we heard just from some of the other pressers, maybe that it was he had a bloody nose at some point. That maybe may have been unrelated to that one. I'm not sure. And I'm guessing we'll hear the injury update from that uh, from Andy Reid here in mere moments. But good news there that Sneed was ultimately okay, and good news that the Chiefs took the football there. That was first and goal from the nine. It was nearly a walk-in moment there for Jamal Agnew, who had such a good return a Harrison Butker helmet away, perhaps, from just housing that at the time. Uh, if the, the, the touchdown would have been returned there, suddenly we're talking about a, what, three-point game? Yeah, it would have been three-point Yeah, it was, was 27-17 at that point. And obviously the Chiefs didn't score again. They didn't need to score again. But if, if Agnew returns that touchdown... Or scores on that play that you just heard, and really, not to pile on, but he just dropped it. He had it, secured it, and dropped it again somewhere in transition. Uh, very, very close on two separate occasions of Agnew really putting the pressure on a Chiefs offense that didn't get much done after that point. It's a good thing that Harrison Bucker went to the Nick Bolton School of Tackling. It's a tackle machine. Look, Beards, I, even I don't think Nick Bolton's tackles come 45 yards down the line of scrimmage. From the, po- from the point of initial possession. That's unfair. By you, noted Nick Bolton hater Beards McFly. With that being said, let's hear, uh, start with the injury front from Andy Reid. I imagine, did any, were, there any, were there any real injuries? Did anybody get hurt in this game? Sneed we talked about. I think everybody else is in pretty good shape. We'll start here in that. Jags pride. That's yeah. There's definitely some Jag pride, Agnew's dignity. Yeah, that wasn't very good for him. Probably Mahomes get rolled up on or something, shook it off, rubbed some dirt on it. We'll we'll hear the injury update Chad here. Chad from- hurt his back carrying the team. Had three or four just there that I really tried to figure out if I could go ahead and PG that one, and I couldn't. So I'm just gonna, you know, there's one out there that. That was uh, my PG one. I had yep, something else. Yep, me too. Have you ever look? I'm I'm not gonna make the joke that we can't make. I'm just gonna say, have you ever tried to carry two massive boulders 98 yards? Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We'll start from the top here with Andy Reid, his opening statement after the Chiefs punched their ticket to their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. Okay, um, good seeing everybody. Um, really, injuries, uh, Pat, obviously. Um, tweaked his ankle. Um, Jerry Sneed hurt his nose. Uh, Pat was able to he came and got x-rays, everything done, and then was able to come back in. Um, and then Legereus did the same thing. He, he was able to make sure the thing was set and in a good position and came back in. So all in all, heck of a game. We appreciate the fans, and uh, they, were, they were incredible. Um, I thought both sides of the ball uh, and special teams did a nice job tonight. Um, Special teams was against one of the best teams in the in the league, special teams-wise. Pro, Pro Bowl um, returner. And uh, 
that last punt was a beautiful thing. Bucker, uh, I very seldom start with special teams, but Bucker um, kicked the ball well, and he also tackled well. So that was <clears throat> that was a big tackle. And then um, offensively, I, I thought the you know, the guys, I, I thought the whole group played well. It was great to see Chad come in um, in that backup role, and I thought everybody kind of stepped their game up and. And uh, had so much confidence in Chad, and uh, he, he executed. But I thought everybody around him did a nice job, too. And then uh, Pacheco with uh, 95 yards or whatever he, he had there, I thought he did a tremendous job running the ball. Um, Kendrick, likewise, he, he did a nice job, too. So, And then uh, Kelsey, every time I stand up here, I feel like he – Breaks another record, so he broke some record, and then he also had 98 yards and two TDs, and did a great job there. Defensively, listen, my hat goes off to the defense. Uh, you can't move forward in the NFL playoffs uh, if your defense doesn't play well. And I thought from the DBs to the defensive line to the linebackers, I thought everybody was flying around making plays, and uh, I just. Uh, again, my hat goes off to the guys for that. Um, they were incredible on third downs, first, second downs. To, you know, just played a great, a great game all the way around. My hat goes off to Spags and Eb and Tobe for the jobs that they did, and the coaches. Um, I, you know, I wanted to mention Tony in the mix there too. I thought he he had some nice plays for us, being kind of the new kid on the block. He he had some nice plays. Our young DBs uh, again stepping up. Watson with the. The interception. Um, I mean, what what a great job! The two turnovers were obviously huge uh, for us, and um, yeah, great team win. So that time, Drew. It was a great team win. You can tell by all the names that Andy Reid said right there, from Harrison Buckers kicking and tackling to Kadarius Tony, and we talked about. We heard from Travis Kelsey earlier uh, that. I think Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey are both very grateful for each other, as as they both should be, as we all should be. Uh, the main story here, of course, lots of follow-ups and uh, the, the whole back and forth here. Andy Reid's side of the perspective of what it was like when Patrick Mahomes went down and how difficult it was to get him out of the game, ultimately getting him to the locker room and how that all panned out. Well, well it was hard getting him out of the game, first of all. Uh, he wanted to fight, and so <clears throat> um, we got him out, went to the x-ray, got, got an x-ray, looked at, taped, uh, he came back and he said he felt good enough to be protected, you know, where, where he's not going to uh, get hurt. I mean, that's obviously the primary thing. Um, and he felt like his mobility was good enough where he could do that. So um, we did a few little things with him on the sideline to see where he was at, put him in, and it was a short leash. Uh, so if I felt like he was wasn't able to handle it, he would have been out and back in Henny. So, do you feel like that affected it in any way in the second half, the injury? Um, I don't know, it didn't look like it, but uh, I thought he did, did a pretty good job. When you put him back, when he goes back in, does that change up what you want to do offensively, or is it just, you know, No, we basically kept everything the same. You know, we just kept it going, uh, what we were doing before. So, I mean, they definitely had to adjust to that. It was you could hear the long pause there from uh, Andy Reid on. Did it change what you? Did, did it affect him? 
coming back post-injury. Andy Reid doesn't want to say, yeah, because he never answers questions like that that straightforwardly. We all saw it. Of course it affected him. And they were still able to do enough with it. Pretty cool. Heck of a uh, heck of an evening. Here's uh, Andy Reid on... Here's a question worth noting. What's Patrick Mahomes' injury status for next week as of right now? Yeah, we'll see. I, we'll see. I don't want to jump to things right now, but we'll, let, let's just see how it goes here the next couple days. I mean, it's going to be sore, I know. I see where he's at. He's had this before. And... Uh, He's able to keep pushing through. Actually, I guess Jacksonville, whenever a couple of years ago, same same type of deal. So he pushed through that. Um, the main thing is is that he's safe, and that's that's uh, or as safe as you can be on a football field. So um, you know that's the, that's the important thing. I wouldn't read too much into that. He came back into play. I if look, man, if if Patrick Mahomes can stand, I think it seems pretty evident that he's going to do everything possible to play. Andy Reid's just not going to rule a guy out or rule a guy in on Saturday for the next Sunday. Uh, I would just be floored beyond words if Patrick Mahomes isn't out there uh, in in that game on Sunday. I'm going to be curious to see if he's a full or limited participant and stuff this week. I'd be happy to go ahead and let him take some time off and do whatever they got to do to make that the best cared for ankle in the history of the planet. I imagine it probably will be, and uh, we'll we'll see where we arrive when the injury reports start next week. Uh, let's go back to the game itself here, though. Andy Reid talking about the close game versus the Jags and their improvement under Doug Peterson. Yeah, when you start doing, when you guys do this, when you start doing the studies on the, this game, this round right here, these games are one-score games normally. So, uh, I mean, it's a high, high percentage, and um, so you... you Buckle it up for four quarters, and you know it's going to come. To that. I will tell you, I think Doug's done a phenomenal job. Their team is better than they were when they played us before, and the sky's the limit for them. I mean, they're young, and they believe in what they're being taught, and they play hard. So and they're well coached. The, the, all of that is true. I I continue to be a believer in the Jags. I am way more bullish on them than I am any other team in the AFC South by a, a pretty large margin right now. Um, we could see some coaching changes, you know, in a couple of spots, but it just seems like the Jags are clearly on the right track. Great comeback last week against the Chargers. Gave the Chiefs a handful in this game tonight. On the right track, not quite where the Chiefs are at, which is okay with me. Uh, here again from Mahomes, or on Mahomes from Reed, about the mobility of the ankle and, and if that ended up affecting play calling. I'm having a hard time placing that drive right, right now with the, uh, yeah. Yeah, so well, that was one to answer Adam's question about mobility. I mean, he did a, did a nice job on that, having to move around and make that throw. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there were so many good, there were good plays within the mix there of everything that was going on. I've, I'm blending all the plays, but that's all right. Me too, man. I get it. <laughs> it's a busy, it was a heck of a game, and uh, we're not that far removed. And he was even less far removed from it at the at the time. So um, it, it had to affect him. It was affecting him. That was obvious. Uh, the Chiefs just had to try to make the best of it with what they did there, and it was it was good enough, which we can take. Um, back to the quarterback position, but the guy that came in for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, talked a little bit about the team trusting Chad Henney to come in and handle his business. The best thing about that by here was everybody trusted Chad. That's the best part. That's the way he handles himself. 
and the confidence the guys have in them. I thought they all stepped up. The O-line did a nice job. Chad, well, first of all, Chad did a nice job getting the ball out on time, and, and the O-line did a nice job. The run game, Pacheco had the long run. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, they blitzed on it, and he kind of got bumped back and kept going like he does and uh, put together a nice run, nice drive on the whole the whole thing. But Chad, uh, you know, the guys the guys love Chad, and they, they play for him. So it was a, it was a great deal. That is something that I just don't know that you can take for granted in terms of like what a what a team is able to do in a moment like that. Like again, mentioning even the Jags come back again last week, just rallying around the quarterback and believing in that guy going forward is a big deal. Um, seeing Chad Henney come in and do that, trusting your old backup to handle it all is a, a big deal. Uh, Adam Very, Schefter has some breaking news here. I was just about to say that. I could tell you where, but I have TweetDeck open on my laptop, so I, I was ready I for it, it anyway. Here. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? You can go ahead. Adam Schefter tweets, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will undergo an MRI on Sunday to gain further clarity on the ankle injury he suffered during Saturday's divisional playoff win over the Jaguars per source. Initial x-rays on Mahomes' ankle were negative. No world-breaking news there. MRI tomorrow makes a lot of sense. Uh, It sounds like he'll probably get some treatment tonight and kind of figure out what's going on there as much as he can. But the MRI tomorrow will determine... Uh, the exact extent of what's going on in there. The issue is that if it's a high ankle sprain, that usually knocks guys out for a little bit. And I just... The fact that the x-rays were negative and he was out there playing football in the second half, I know that is uh, pain medication, and I know that is adrenaline, and I know that if his ankle gets worse and stiffens up over the course of the week, that really could put next week in jeopardy. I still have a very, very hard time imagining the Chiefs taking the field without 15 next week. Even with all that trust for uh, Chad Henney being a, a real thing, which is great to have, we'd like to see 15 out there. Here's Andy Reid on the pass catches again, specifically the wide receivers. A lot of those guys ending the game with just one catch, but Mahomes is spreading the ball around to all of them. Yeah, you know, everybody contributed. Uh, Marquez, I mean, we had all the, we had a few plays for Marquez, and they, they did a good job rolling the coverage that direction and, and he didn't hang his head he just kept battling and battling and battling and, and ends up with a big touchdown for us um, but you could say that about Juju Juju went through the game comes up with a huge catch on the sideline there and Pat a tremendous amount of trust in him uh, to throw the back shoulder throw uh, and also how does the team respond after the injury that Patrick Mahomes suffered, Andy Reid had at least his perspective on where they went from there. Yeah, I'd probably tell you, yeah. I mean, the guys were, yeah, I mean, they, they're very protective, particularly the offensive line in general. And so, you know, they were hooting and hollering about that, yeah. And nobody touches a quarterback. Hooting and hollering about that. Hooting and hollering. Can't have one without the other, I don't think, right? Uh, and then here, I saw some, I think I saw Curtis Seabolt tweet about this uh, as it was happening. I, I haven't gotten to hear it yet, obviously. As uh, Todd Lebo got in and apparently had a, a little banter with Andy Reid. Looking forward to hearing what that is exactly. Uh, Lebo asking what it was like trying to talk Mahomes into getting that x-ray and then ultimately uh, waiting until after the half to run him back out there. Wait, 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 wait. Kind of take us into that conversation where he didn't really look like he wanted to go back to the x-ray for you know, cameras. What was that conversation like? <laughs> 
It would be like me trying to ask you not to ask a question. <laughs> no, it's a, listen, he's a tough kid. And so he wanted to be in there. He wanted to be competing. And, uh, and that's, you know, uh, it's a tribute to, to him and his competitiveness. However, um, it, you know, you got to make sure he, he's okay, physically okay, where he can protect himself. And if, if he can't, then he can't play. I mean, you have to go with the next guy. But he's, he's a tough nut. And he's very, when I tell you he's competitive, he's very, very competitive. Todd Lebo, Patrick Mahomes cannot be told to not do their job. Lebo, honestly, if Lebo showed up limping as much as Patrick Mahomes was in, in that game where he had, you know, a bunch of large, violent football players trying to break his ankles, I'd be concerned about Lebo doing radio in that state. But I, but I believe that he would have been right out there throwing his jacket, saying, no, you will not, you will not bring Chad Henney in. Ultimately, the, the Chiefs managed that well enough to, uh, to to get Mahomes back in, and it seems like Mahomes ultimately did what needed to happen. Everybody's good. Last thing here from Andy Reid uh, on the quarterback position and who the third quarterback option was after Henny today. Yeah, we've got a couple guys there that have played quarterback in college. Number one's one of them, so, um, you know, he would have been probably number one up. He said that just a, a guy that played quarterback in college. Is that what he said? Is that yes. Jarek McKinnon? Yes. That's the implication, right? Yes. Okay. Did he say number one? Yes. Okay. All right. I was the last person to understand what Andy Reid was saying there. I missed that he said number one, which is McKinnon. That would have... Well... That could have been kind of fun. That would be kind of fun to see in a preseason game or something. It would not have been fun to see tonight. You wouldn't have enjoyed that? Probably not. But the real crazy thing about Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and this coaching staff and and all of that is that he probably would have had a better night than Daniel Jones is having. And I'm only being like 45% facetious, I think. So, Jarek McKinnon, let's see if I can get his um, college stats pulled up, if there are any for his passing. I also want to find this. Those uh, Christmas bells? Playing cookie clicker. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have Jarek McKinnon's stats or not? I don't. All right, then don't worry about it. I'm on the... Pro football uh, reference college version is failing me. Okay, I'm on the uh, Georgia Southern... Here we go. Georgia Southern's uh, website, Jarek McKinnon, position QB, stats. I think this is his senior year here. He... uh, well, this he wasn't he wasn't passing that much in the scene. Maybe he moved. Maybe he started playing running back more than passing stats. Twenty twelve, he had uh, twenty completions for forty nine yards, three picks, seven touchdowns. For his career, uh, he was only really quarterback for three years. Uh, he finished yeah. with uh, forty two yeah. touchdowns, four thousand one hundred thirty eight all purpose yards, uh, only behind Adrian Peterson. 
So that's pretty good. 31 completions on 72 attempts. Not the efficiency you'd like to see. Not ideal. I mean, he didn't have Andy Reid, though. It's a run for, exactly. He didn't have Travis Kelsey. It was still a run first offense. I mean, you know, that's exactly right. Let him have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, and I could throw for 100 yards, maybe. Give me Kadarius Tony, and I, can, I think I can throw for 150. Here, here's, here's my motion. Ready? Hut! Receive the snap. Pop the snap. Let a fast guy run in front of me and take it out of thin air. Boom. Technically, I'm passing. <laughs> then I would be passing in the more, like, leaving this mortal coil sense as soon as <laughs> the Jags Josh Allen depleted me. That's how that would work. Anyway... Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Joshua Briscoe and Beers McFly here with you. And it's time to hear from the man himself. Patrick Mahomes started this game on absolute fire. He was on one. On one. We were losing it. We were like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. Cool. All right. There's going to be one of those games where Patrick Mahomes just does crazy. What? I was having Texans flashbacks. The good, good Texans ones. game. Good Texans flashbacks. It was going to be one of those games. And then it became one of those games. And then it became one of those games. We heard from uh, Patrick Mahomes' press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Patrick Mahomes' press conference brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet. Stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that? We start from the top with the headlines here with Patrick Mahomes asking about his sideline conversation with the trainers and his current status. Yeah, um, I obviously didn't want to go back and see it. Uh, I didn't want to go get the x-rays or whatever it was. I wanted just to continue to play. Um, I told him I would do it at halftime. Um, but uh, Coach, I mean, in the best interest of me, uh, just made he made me go back there and, and get that x-ray before he put me back in the game. And for a while, I thought I could get a, get and play through it. And then he said, I'm not putting you back in, so you might as well go get the x-ray. And then if it's, if it's negative or whatever, I'll put you back in. So I ran back there, got the x-ray, and was able to play uh, finish the game. How are you feeling now? I was just talking to him. It feels better. I mean, it feels better than I thought it was going to be now. Um, Obviously, I have a lot of adrenaline going right now, so we'll see how it feels. But uh, I'll hop right into treatment today, tonight and uh, try to do whatever I can to be uh, as close to 100% uh, by next week. But luckily for us, we played the early game on Saturday, so we get an extra almost half a day that I can let that ankle rest. Okay, so there you go. You get the sideline conversation with a little more detail than Andy Reid gave. He says, hey, I'm not putting you back out there, so you might as well go get the x-ray. And then if it's negative... You can go back out there again. Some real good parenting there from Andy Reid. But it really is like, well, look, I'm not giving you a cookie, so you might as well go clean your room in the meantime. And if you clean your room and you get back and you're still hungry, you can have a cookie. And I don't have kids, which is for the best, given that being the best that I could do for an example of parenting. But that is fascinating, man. Genuinely fascinating. Just how that whole scene played out that way. And feeling better towards the end of the night. Again, I, I wonder, that was, you know, that was a little bit ago. I wonder how he's feeling right this second. Uh, getting treatment tonight seems like a good thing. Get a jump start on it. Try to figure out what's going on there. And now we know the report. They'll get the MRI tomorrow. Really interesting stuff there from uh, Patrick Mahomes. Here's Mahomes talking about Chad Henney coming in afterwards and getting the job done in his absence. I mean, it, it's special, man. He's in the playoffs. Um, you don't get any, he doesn't get any reps during the week. 
um, and he prepares himself to be able to go in for stuff like that. And then uh, he got a 98-yard drive, backed up on uh, a playoff game against a great opponent, and uh, be able to drive the ball down the field, make some big throws versus some pressure looks. I mean, they brought some heat whenever he came in the game. Um, and he made some big throws and was able to get us into the end zone. And that was a, a big point in the game because it was able to – that gave me the ability to kind of come back and rest and wait till halftime until we kind of retaped and did everything we could to get me ready to go in the second half. So he's talking about retaped and getting ready for the second half. Here he is talking about what exactly that mid-game treatment process looked like. No, not, I mean, no real treatment. You don't have time to get treatment and stuff like that. But, I mean, you just put the spat on, uh, get it tight, uh, try to keep the swelling down, um, and then go out there and play and – they made me do a couple things in the locker room to show that I could move and protect myself if we, if, if everything kind of uh, came, came, pressure came, whatever it was. And I mean, credit to the team. Offensive line did a great job in the second half of protecting me. I got the ball in my hands quickly, and guys made plays. Um, but it's a team sport for a reason. The guys stepped up around me. It'll be interesting to see next week if they're able to have long developing plays and routes and everything that. Um, that might put him at a little more risk or at least to a point where he's not able to be as mobile as we see him be in so many of those highlight plays. Uh, Maybe it's a a brief look at what his game might look like in 10 years. I don't know. Uh, As long as he can throw off his back foot more than he could tonight, I think he'll be pretty pretty freaking good at football still in 10 years. Uh, But with that being said, uh, an interesting adaptation to have to make and curious what he thought about how he did have to adapt to the injury mid-game yeah you just got to be a competitor at the end of the day I mean not all, all things are gonna be perfect um you have to find a way to make stuff happen obviously I missed some throws uh, I probably think I could have made if I would have been in the right the right foot position but um luckily for me I'm not in the right foot position all the time so I'm able to make some throws like that anyways there you go some wonky footwork I, I think Collinsworth mentioned this on the broadcast some wonky footwork pays off when you've only got your front foot. That's so silly, man. It's just, he's got an answer for everything. Uh, Although I don't know what you can do other than just sort of be tough and wait for the game to be over when it comes to playing through pain. Here's Mahomes on that issue. I mean, I'm not coming out of a playoff game unless they take me out. And so uh, I'm just going to play. I I love this this sport too much. I love this game. Uh, I love playing with my teammates and being able to go out there and and enjoy it together. And And we were we prepare all year to be in the playoffs and to play in these games, and um, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get back in the game. And I mean, it's it's something that uh, I just love competing in this sport, and uh, pain is pain, and you got to deal with it either way. And also, I don't know how the game would have panned out if it was all Chad Haney from that moment on. I definitely think the Chiefs could have won that game. I definitely think the Chiefs could have lost that game. But Mahomes came back, the Chiefs won, and they're now going to their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. Here's Mahomes on that fact. Yeah, I mean, it's a credit to the the team I have around me, the coaches I have around me, and the organization in general. I mean, we prepare ourselves every every year uh, from training camp in St. Joe's, uh, Missouri, to to be here. But it takes a day-by-day process, and I think the coaches preach that, the players do that, and uh, the organization around us supports us in that mission. And so uh, it's... We just try to do whatever we can to be in this position to get to this AFC Championship game, and then now we'll find a way to get to the Super Bowl, and that's going to take a great week of preparation and uh, practice. It's already about prep and practice. Dude's, uh, dude's a pro. Uh, what was it like, though, for him? You mentioned you mentioned the mechanics and the, the fact that he doesn't always have to push off that foot anyway, but uh, what was the difference like throwing with that injured foot? There was just a couple throws here and there where I tried to plant off that foot, and it didn't let me kind of plant like I usually do, and so... 
a couple throws I didn't make. Uh, I, I, I told Coach I want to still throw it downfield, and so we were able to make some throws there after the first few drives, and I think he got a little confidence that I could protect myself. Um, and so uh, credit to our defense, man, holding us in that game, uh, especially uh, after the start of that second half when I wasn't able to get stuff going. So they held us in that game, made some big plays at the end, um, and we were able to score enough points to win. Uh, what was it like, though, in the uh, in the locker room at halftime? Were there any nerves as he was waiting on the x-ray results? Yeah, very. I mean, pretty nervous moments, man. I mean, I just I always pray whenever stuff like that uh, comes around, man, and just it's all in God's hands at the end of the day, and I just have to accept whatever it is and, and turn it into a positive. And so uh, luckily for me, he, he blessed me to keep me injury-free um, as far as breaks or anything like that. Um, and so now how can I prepare my body? Uh, to be ready to go next week, and uh, I'll, I'll do. I'll start that tonight, and uh, that process will be uh, tough, but I'll be ready to go. There you go. Hey, I'll be ready to go. Is a lot more uh, direct than Andy Reid was willing to give him. I believe that that you know again could change if there's bad news on the MRI, and uh, if tomorrow he wakes up with concrete in his foot. But less than that, that's heading in the right direction. So I'll. Uh, I'll take it. Uh, He, uh, of course, has a lot to look for in the games tomorrow because they know they're advancing and they know that they'll be playing the winner of Bills Bengals. Uh, Mahomes was asked uh, if he'll if he will be tuning in live tomorrow. Uh, Yeah, well, I'll I'll be watching the game for sure. I mean, uh, playoff football is the best time of the year, man. Uh, Just to be able to watch that, and so uh, I'll I'll get the treatment and stuff like that. But the family's gonna have to wait for a while because I'll be getting that stuff done. And then what was it like, again, back in the, uh, in the locker room getting the x-ray? Was Mahomes able to, uh, to keep an eye on the game? Oh, no, they, they, don't, they don't ever show the TV, man. I, I've been back there uh, another you know, the divisional round whenever the, Brown, the, Browns, the Browns game when Chad was playing. I didn't get to see like, any of that until like, the last drive. And so they, they, they do a good job of not having the TVs going in there so that I can't – I have to focus on myself and get myself better more than focusing on the game. <laughs> it's like putting blinders on a horse. You got to, hey, no, don't look at the screen. Don't try to force your way out there. Let's just x-ray your ankle and we'll try to get you back out there, Pat. A funny scene. In retrospect, it's funny now. I'm guessing it wasn't super humorous at the time. I wasn't having a lot of fun at the time. But now, it's kind of funny. Um, We've talked about Travis Kelsey a good amount tonight. He received more than half of the passing game's completions between Mahomes and Chad Henney. Here's Mahomes talking about 87. Yeah, man, it's, it's another guy just steps up, man. It seems like he gets better and better uh, in the playoffs as you get further and further in there. Um, and you need those type of guys. And uh, uh, he did a great job of making some tough contested catches. Um, and uh, he's special, man. He's, he's a special player, uh, one-of-a-kind player. Um, that's a, uh, one of the main reasons that we've been able to be in this position so many times. There, there really is just a special, you know, if you'll forgive the turn of phrase, a, a special the holy trinity of football that the Chiefs have with with Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. Not just that they're all excellent and arguably the best quarterback, tight end, and at least like offensive mind of their eras. If not, you know, as of right now or what I mean, you could you could extend the superlatives a very far, a very long distance for any of those three. But those three guys are all on the same team. They're all feeding into each other's greatness. Patrick Mahomes, I think, would have been great if he would have been drafted by the Texans and that backwards lost organization. If Travis Kelsey would have gone somewhere else, I'm guessing he would have been a tremendous player. If Andy Reid would have gone some other than Kansas City, I I bet he would have made several returns back to the playoffs. 
Did it with, Andy, with, with Alex Smith, obviously, who had Travis Kelsey. But those three guys being on these teams that they have shared together, it's just outrageous. Just an out, outrageous trilogy of Hall of Fame talent at three incredibly important positions. Uh, here Mahomes talks about another member of that pass-catching core and on that final drive, the touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, no, it was it was a good job by everybody. I think everybody had a part in that drive. Everybody was making plays. Um, and that's, that's what championship teams do is that whenever stuff's not going their way uh, and the game gets tight, how, do you, how are you going to respond? And I went down, I kind of jumped and landed on the same ankle. But I had to find a way to, to get the ball in the end zone, and Marquez was there, and I needed to make the throw. Um, and he stepped up and made a big play there at the, end of the, at the end of the game to win it. I can't remember if he's saying there because I, I kind of thought he did jump off of his injured ankle on that throw initially. He, it may have been the, the off ankle, and he's just saying that he – Hopped and landed on the same way. The, the point to me is that he was moving like a pogo stick for a significant amount of that game. One of those handoffs to Jarek McKinnon where the broadcast slowed down and showed like, hey, he basically like cut off one of McKinnon's options because he didn't get there as quickly as he usually would. After the handoff, he, he literally stayed. I mean, he was just plant left foot, hop left foot again. He, he was not even, couldn't even go right, left, couldn't even go right, left, right, left at that point anymore and Still enough to get it done, because the dude might be an alien. Uh, here he was uh, asked, uh, I guess the I wouldn't have been surprised by this. I'm guessing if uh, this is the question, he wasn't surprised by this, but if he was surprised at all, the Jags kept it close? Yeah, I mean, I'm, first, I never think any playoff game is going to be easy. I mean, teams are here for a reason, um, and even if they are surprised in a sense or whatever it is, uh, they're here for a reason. They have the confidence that's going to be a great game. If you look at Wild Card Weekend or really the playoffs in general the last few years, every game seems like it's a one-score game. Um, and so uh, we, we came up with the mentality that we were going to have to play to the very end. And obviously we had a, some adversity through there with some injuries and, and stuff like that. But I was proud of the, how the guys responded and were able to figure out a way to get the win. Last one here from Patrick Mahomes about the urgency to get back into the game after he went down with that injury. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you want to play. I mean, you just want to play because you, you've, you've built that time from St. Joe. You've spent this time with your teammates and built up for this moment, and so you don't want to let guys down or whatever it is. You want to be in the game and be able to go out there and, and show off what you've worked for. But uh, I don't think it really was anything for the team because the team has so much belief in Chad, and he's done it before. He's won divisional games uh, by coming in and, and playing. Um, and so they had so much belief in Chad, and you saw in that 98-yard drive. Um, it, it, he ran the offense the way the offense is supposed to be ran. He threw it to the right guys, and guys stepped up and made plays. Um, and so uh, that's what a great team does. It's not about one guy. It's about the whole team. It was a team effort. It really, really was. Multiple quarterbacks, a lot of pass catchers, a bunch of running backs, and a whole group of defenders playing some really good football. That was enough to get the Chiefs to a 27-20 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars to punch their ticket to their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. We'll take one more time out here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Uh, we will probably still get you a little bit of uh, of Giants-Eagles before the night's out, but that game is pretty close to wrapped up. The Giants just had a real sort of surrendering feeling kind of punt. So when we come back, we will hear from Jaguars head coach and former Chiefs offensive coordinator Doug Peterson. That's next here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Good shuffle with you. 12 catches today for Kelsey. Here's a first and 10 for Lawrence from his own 25. The fake handoff and down he goes. Sacked on the play by Derek Noddy. Got him around the shoulder pads. It's a Kansas City sack and they throw the Jacksonville quarterback 
down, sat back at his 17 in the third quarter's final play. That was a great rep from Derek Noddy, sending Trevor Lawrence to the turf. Wonder if he might be a little sore tomorrow. Maybe I could get Trevor Lawrence a good deal. I like the guy. I'm excited to see him play quarterback in the NFL. Want him to want him to feel good this offseason. Maybe he could swing by CBD American Shaman. Just a quick suggestion. And hey, good news. If you do it now, or do it tomorrow, in fact, that gets you a nice little deal. Because when Kansas City scores, you score big at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 27 points tonight, so you get 27% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman, because life is better with the feather. We'll hear from the man with uh, feathered hair. Is that true, technically? I don't know. Doug Peterson's got some pretty good lettuce. Where's the visor to let it breathe? It's a stylistic choice. Are we sure that visor is not just like a whole hat that just makes it look like a visor? I've seen those. Yeah, and it, Doug Peterson does look the most like a coach who might wear one of those. I think it's I think it's authentic though, and I also think what he's building in Jacksonville is authentic. That was a couple of really uh, real stretches for the segues, but. Uh, with that being said, I do want you to have a chance to hear from the head man over there in Jacksonville. I imagine Doug Peterson's got a real bittersweet feeling about the season ending, but it ended in the divisional round of the playoffs. It was a great year for the Jags, especially when you remember where they were last year, but of course, ending an arrowhead, probably not what he had in mind. Here's Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson. There's got to be a fine, there's a fine line between the communication with the line and the backs, and um, we had a couple instances tonight where we just missed on that communication, and uh, you know they were able to get a little pressure on on the quarterback. Doug, what was your message to the guys in the locker room just now? Just told them I was proud of them for the season that we put together. Nobody expected us, the Jaguars, to be in this football game from the beginning of the season to today. And I just told them how proud I was of them for how they hung together all season long, how they how they battled, fought through a ton of adversity. Um, you know, and just proud of the way they, they kept battling all season to get to this spot and really battling this game to come down to the, you know, an onside kick to potentially, you know, seeing what what happens, right? And um, told them we were going to, you know, we we're going to learn from this, we we're going to grow from this, and, uh, you know, our expectation is to be in these games every year. I mean, that's, we're, we're, we're just, you know, we're that's our expectation. And, uh, um, you know, this was a good good first year for all of us. As far as like moving on, like in the off season, carry or oh yeah, I mean, listen, he's um, he's he's learned. I mean, he, he's learning how to just put those plays behind him. Um, again, it was. Uh, you know, we had some protection issues there and, and tried to get the, the quick quick ball up to Zay and, and guy made a heck of a play. You know, we had him, but guy made a great interception there. And, um, you know, it's uh, but he was able to shake it and, and, and come back from it, got the three points later and put us in a position. Doug, what can you, what can you say to your team afterwards to obviously the disappointment of this game, you know, 15, 20 minutes ago? It's, it's going to be a prevailing feeling. But did you in any way try to convey to them to remember what was done over the course of this season in the offseason 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not about, obviously, yeah, we're, we're, we're all hurting because of the loss, but we're all hurting, too, because it's, it's the final game of this year, and, and that's the hard thing. Um, but like I told the guys, I mean, these are the games that we're going to learn we're going to learn from and we're going to be better because of. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I told them, I says, hey, I said, just, you know, plan on every year. Let's 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 being in these meaningful games at the end of the season. We, we want to be one of the one of the four five, six teams, you know, in the AFC every year. And um, our guys, our guys believe that. And, um, you know, we still got work to do, obviously, but uh, um it's also time to, to heal and to get away and, and um, you know, uh, get rejuvenated again. Well, I mean, they're, dis- they're disappointed. I mean, they're, they're disappointed, um, you know, with this game. Felt like we had an opportunity to, to you know, at least tie the football game there, there in the, late in the game. But... Um, I think they understand how good they can be. You know, some of the same ugly mistakes that showed up in this game were the things that showed up early in the season. And those are the things that we have to eliminate. Those are the things we have to, you know, move on from. In order to to win against great football teams like the Chiefs are, you know, you can't make those mistakes. And so I think they're disappointed from that. more than anything, and and um, just coming up a little short. I mean, I I, I feel like we're close. I mean, <clears throat> you know, obviously we got the right we got the right leader in Trevor. I feel really good about him. Obviously, um, what he's done, how he's how he's played this this season, and and you know, it's just you know, it's a matter of with the the youth of the team. You know, now these guys played a lot of football, and and they're going to learn from. They're going to learn from the good and the bad, and and uh, it, it's something to really, I think, lean on as we head into the off season, you know, and as we approach the the off season program, you know, in a couple of months, and which is kind of crazy to say, but, um, I, you know, we're going to learn. It's it's, I'm excited for for the future of Jacksonville, um, and you know, working with Trent, getting the right players in here, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft. You know, and, and continuing to build build our roster. On the 98-yard touchdown that Henny directed, were you, was, were you disappointed that that maybe didn't become a, a three and out where maybe you guys can get the ball at midfield and have a scoring opportunity there? And, and what did yeah, you- I mean that was you know that was a, obviously a turning kind of a turning point or a momentum switch in the game. We had them at the two-yard line and kind of let them off the hook a little bit. But again, those are. You know, those are opportunities there where where we need to you know we need to be better. We need to play better, coach better in those situations to try to um, you know get off the field at some point. Um, you know, but um, you know credit them; they executed well and, and ended up with a touchdown. I didn't see all of them other than him being tackled from behind. I, I didn't really see the whole play. I'm sure he got something rolled one of the players probably rolled up on the back of his legs you know on that you know but listen I'm you know hats off to him for for gutting it out there in the second half and and, and sticking with it and, and and playing hurt you know I mean that's just a sign of a true leader and uh, and, a, and a winner and uh, and that's what he is how many of those plays do you just chalk up the home team home? So it felt like there's a lot of pressure but you just say make something happen 
I mean, that's what he does, right? He, he, he eludes the, the pressure. He can, he can step up, and he's got great vision down the field, and, you know, he, he finds those guys. And, and, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, just uh, you get opportunities to, to sack him or tackle him. you, you got to try to do the best you can to get him on the ground, you know, and it's uh, obviously easier, easier said than done. Kelsey's a great player, but what's the disappointment level with him having 14 catches? And what did you see in terms of trying to cover him today? Yeah, and a lot of them were, were short, you know, intermediate type catches. Some of them were off of scrambles. I mean, that's going to happen, but he's a great player. I mean, it's again, he's a, um, you know, big target for, for Pat and and uh, for Patrick and, and really, um, you know, just. Um, you know, you obviously got to know where he's at, right? <clears throat> when he lines up in the formation, and um, you know, we just got we got to do a better job moving forward. Those are all things we can learn from. Other than the uh, 98 yard drive, which is about 39 yard run by Pacheco, did you feel like your defense good enough to give you a chance to win this game? They gave us some opportunities. Um, there were some unwarranted penalties in there too, right? That, that kept kept them on the field that, that we got to eliminate. You know, there was a rough in the passer, and you know, uh, I think we jumped off sides one time. And there's just things that showed up that we've got to try to eliminate. Um, you know, but I thought that overall the defense did a nice job of, of really kind of keeping things down. Um, you know, second half especially, you know, forcing them to punt the football and, and get the offense back on the field and. Um, so, you know, it's again, it's just, uh, you know, football games are all about, you know, playing complimentary football and, and um, you know, we can we can learn from it and do a little bit better. As a follow-up, you guys didn't get any takeaways today. Your best chance might have been a little, a little different on the missing interception. Do you feel like that that was something that you guys yeah, I mean, you know, no. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, you try to you try the best you can to try to create some turnovers or some takeaways. You know, um, there were a couple chances, you know, in this game, you know, to get some some hands on on these footballs, and um, it would have been nice to have gotten at least one of those. I think it's everything. You know, I've said this before that, you know, the success of your football team it lies with your quarterback. And, um, you know, you got to get that piece and that player right. And I feel personally that in Jacksonville we got that person right. And and he's he's just going to get better. He's going to get better. Um, he's going to learn from this. Um, he's going to grow with the receivers, tight ends, the backs, because they're all young. They're all, you know, Potentially, you know, they're all going to be there and, and, and keep working. So we're just we're just going to continue to get better and and um, and grow as a team. There you have it, Doug Peterson. I think he's right that they found the right guy there at the quarterback position in Jacksonville, and he wouldn't say this, I imagine, but I will. I think they found the right guy, one step above the quarterback, him. The Jags have a bright future, but the Chiefs have a absolute sun of the present, like the body that we all revolve around, S-U-N. That's how bright it's been here in Kansas City, even as it teetered on the brink of disaster today. The Chiefs win 27-20. They're punching their ticket to their fifth consecutive AFC Championship game. You got Patrick Mahomes looking like a fire-breathing dragon. His ankle 
What's happening? Chad Henney comes in and gives you a 98-yard touchdown drive. Mahomes returns in the second half, plays well enough to give that offense a little bit of a spark. They score just enough because the defense steps up. You see these young defensive backs. You saw the pass rush affect Trevor Lawrence even when they weren't bringing him down. Even special teams, which, yes, had some major issues in the kick return game. No issues to speak of as the ball left Harrison Butker's foot and used his head when he needed to, like tackling on special teams as well. A real team victory for the Chiefs as they are victorious again. 27-20, five in a row to the championship game. If the Bengals win tomorrow, that'll be back at Arrowhead. If the Bills win, it will be in Atlanta. Regardless, we'll be right here in the Sports Radio 810 WHB Studios. Till next time. Bye, Mom.